For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. You know, numbers are a worry in many different ways. The big worry is a story making the papers. This must be Charlie Weston updating his story in the independent.ie this morning saying more mortgage misery as thousands and thousands of homeowners uh, are unfortunately uh, looking forward to, for want of a better term, uh, a 0.75 interest rate hike later this week, three quarters of 1%. And that's bad because that will add, they say, in and around 600 euro to an average mortgage. But when you look at it in the in the whole, right, there's a, um, a more alarming figure because this is the third big rise in uh, interest rates for people. On Trackers were great, of course some years back when interest rates were tiny like zero or a quarter percent but that's changed now so trackers have become very problematic uh, because and many people had them during the boom for instance but if you look at the three rate increases since the summer that's like 1620 euro increase on an average mortgage uh, just this year alone so you got that and utility costs and all sorts of stuff like that and much of the papers this morning are dominated by money actually the examiner uh, bring uh, news that you know host refugees for those that would take a refugee family or a, a couple or an individual whatever the case may be uh, those payments will probably now be doubled to encourage more uh, people to host refugees coming in from Ukraine at the moment it's 400 euro a month that's going to be doubled um, well that's the proposal and it probably will be approved by government it will be doubled to 800 euro per month and there's about 1500 refugees arriving into Ireland every week and they ain't nowhere to put them now uh, to house them, to home them so 1500 a week continue to come in and one of the ways the thing you're doing it is uh, increasing the payment for hosting Ukrainians to 800 euro uh, a month um, on top of that of course we got the modular homes that have been rolled out uh, and we dealt with some of that in the air yesterday morning because uh, you know uh, many of those modular homes will be uh, on Leaside down in Mahan but the changes to our licensing laws dominate many of the front pages the Sunday say this morning crack of dawn because clubbers will be able to boogie till 6am so the big changes include all uh, bars and pubs will be allowed to stay open until half past midnight and that includes Sunday actually and then the late bars who I'm told can apply for exemptions online and that will slow down or you know they, well actually that will make the courts more efficient because you don't have to go to court for special exemptions I'm told to be able to do it online so the late bars will start, serve till half past two and the nightclubs can serve actually serve drink till five in the morning uh, and everyone out by six. So revelers drinking till six in the morning under legislation to be rubber stamped by cabinet today and the mirror this morning just have one word in the headline and that word is cheers. Late bars with special licenses will have their hours extended till half past two in the morning and nightclubs till six and all pubs till half past midnight. What do you make of that? I would think uh, at the same time though that with the way everything's changing now I'm not so sure you'd have a whole lot of people in pubs on a Monday or a Tuesday Tuesday, maybe even a Wednesday night at, uh, at half past 12, particularly in rural Ireland. Uh, there's another interesting drink-related story that makes the mail this morning, and that is that drink spiking reports have almost doubled um, since, uh, you know, if you compare 2021 figures and the first six months of 2022. I know it's very much a grey area, and we drilled into this some weeks ago as to how many actually had their drinks spiked. But you can also be spiked by alcohol itself. It doesn't have to be a tablet or um, indeed a syringe. Um, so that's a worry, drink spiking reports in this morning's uh, Irish Mail. Attacks on the... Gar- so if you, if you look at, say, for instance, the pubs opening later, right? 
and the nightclub's opening until six in the morning. What impact is that going to have with regards to antisocial behaviour, for instance? Never mind how everybody's going to get a taxi if they're out later and, and things like that. But I wonder about whether or not it actually will lead to more antisocial behaviour and more people fighting or getting drunk or putting themselves in danger or what have you. Uh, John Bocarns in the Mirror this morning says that attacks on the Gardaí have soared by 50% in the last 10 years. It's a real example. It's, it's kind of like a, you know, shining a light on you know, the, the, the change in society uh, that more and more people now think it is, and for whatever reason, I don't know, whether it's anger management things or whether it's alcohol or whether it's drugs or whatever the case may be, that there would be a 50% increase on members of the Garda Shokana doing their jobs. Like they look at 2,411 officers assaulted in the past 10 years. That comes in at about 240, 250 a year. And perhaps that's one of the reasons why uh, more members of the force are just resigning and taking up jobs elsewhere. There's a... Peculiar story making the court reports today, and I see it in the Echo, Liam Healan's court report, where there was this tennis coach who happened to be wearing a Rory McElroy golf shirt on a night out in Reardon's. Uh, he was headbutted and he had his nose broken by a Clare man on a stag night who took exception to the shirt. So that was before the courts, and, and I think it's going to be before two different courts because the guy who was headbutted is also taking a civil action against the guy who headbutted him. Um, they were trying to work out in court as to why somebody would take exception to a Rory McElroy golf shirt. But you don't know what's going through somebody's head or what kind of state or condition they're in. And then, of course, the papers this morning talk of people who do not wish or cannot afford to get their house retrofitted. It's a bizarre story when you look at the numbers. It's uh, an examiner story. There was um, a government scheme to retrofit um, many, many homes in Ireland to bring their bear rating up to uh, maybe a B2, right? And that'd be a nice, cosy home for you if your home was a B2. But very few people have actually taken up the offer. And some of the reasons is, if you wanted to get a full retrofit and the government were going to say, we're under the SEAI scheme, we're going to give you 50% of it, a full retro could cost you up to 80 grand, right, to get your bear rating up from a, a C or a D or an E or an F, or the case may be. So who's got 40 grand? Uh, you'd have to pay half of it. Uh, so they break down the figures, actually, as to the amount of people who actually have had their homes retro- retrofitted. 89 homes retrofitted with a target of 62 and a half grand. And one of the reasons, that, I don't know if you've ever looked online at the National Home Energy Upgrade Scheme online. It's Awfully confusing, really and truly, in lots of different ways. Um, the full cost of a retrofit could top 80 grand. So few enough people would have it. And some counties in Ireland, I think like Cavan, nobody's applied for the grant. Not quite sure what the number is in Cork, but I can tell you one thing. It's got to be quite, quite low. I'm sure if I drill into the story, I'd find the number for Cork. And then other number related stories is your secondhand car is now worth more than you bought it for. I mean, it's absolutely bizarre. But a new car is worth less when you drive it off the forecourt. I mean, just think about that. And they break it down this morning and give different reasons as to why. They've gone up 21% apparently 
year on year. Every single quarter, every year, a second-hand car goes up by something like 6%, perhaps 7%, depending, depending on the car. So if you to sell that car now, you'll get more money for it than you bought it. And some of the reasons have to do with uh, Brexit, because there's only half as many used cars coming in from the UK. It also has to do with this microchip business, which is hampering vehicle production. Not just vehicle production, but a lot of electronic equipment, but certainly new cars. And also, there's just a, just a shortage of them. Uh, and the papers this morning break down typical examples of various cars, um, you know, where the price was last year and what it will be this year, what it possibly will be next year. So it's, it's good in, in that regard for people who are thinking of maybe the problem, of course, is there's fewer, fewer and fewer uh, used and second-hand cars on forecourts. Um, I'd love to talk to some dealers, actually, if you're listening to me this morning. I'd love to get your thoughts on it. There certainly seems to be... Um, I don't know whether there's great value out there for people buying second-hand cars, but certainly great value for people selling. And then the cost, of course, of filling up your cars. I'll come back to this later on because I have some statistics that I dug out at the weekend. I didn't get them on the air yesterday with regards to petrol prices. But the Independent this morning is saying that filling up a diesel car for an average family is now over €2,000 per year. And on side, and I touched on this on Friday, um, St. Vincent's uh, School and uh, the North Pres are going to amalgamate into one school. So my understanding of that is St. Vincent's School will be no more. I find that quite sad, actually, because my own mother went to St. Vincent's School. So there's a petition now which has been initiated by Maureen Hickey. Her daughter's in fifth year in St. Vincent's, and they got over a 1,000 signatures since last Friday. Parents are just not happy with this, and they want their voices and the voices of their girls to be heard. And it's a front-page story in this morning's Echo, and I'd love to talk with parents or indeed pupils of either or school. So they will be amalgamated from next September. The school will be on the premises of the North Presentation Secondary School. So St. Vincent's, after many, many, many years, will be no more. And staying on the North side, Thomas Gould is saying, this is an incredible statistic, and I'm assuming it's accurate. He says that one in five people who travel to Ireland visit Cork. Um, And, you know, we need to get that number up. And the places that they visit in Cork could well be um, the Jameson Distillery, I get that, down in Middleton, probably the Blarney Stone and what have you. But he's also saying Shandon, it's one of the most iconic areas of Cork um, and home to one of the most iconic buildings. And he says that it is now time to really look at the Shandon area and to tackle dereliction. And if the dereliction of Shandon Street can be tackled, it will become much more um, popular with tourists in general. And who can argue with that? And bizarrely, and this is me speaking personally, they are now saying um, clinically that obesity is a disease and it is not a lifestyle illness. Is, it, is that a very broad sweeping statement to make? I get that in some cases obesity can be a disease and people gain weight for medical reasons. But surely be to God they can't say that everybody who puts on weight and lots of weight or in the old fashioned terms when we use the word fat, um, it's not because of what they eat, the quality of the food they eat the quantity of the food they eat. Uh, Now they're saying that it's actually not a lifestyle illness, um, what you eat or how much you eat, but it's a disease. And they want to only tackle it now um, by changing the mindset, moving away from eat less, move more. I think that could have cataclysmic results myself. Um, I think really it is very much about what you eat and how much you move. So now they're saying we're going to look at it from the point of view of medication, psychological support 
and weight loss surgery, like more people to be offered gastric bypasses and gastric banding. So your thoughts on that are welcome. There's a lot of stories related uh, to lifestyle issues in the paper this morning, like the UK Times is saying that if you're despairing about the amount of time that your children spend spend glued to their mobile phones, well, maybe not so much the mobile phone, but say their Xbox or their PlayStation, you should now breathe a sigh of relief because the headline says three hours of video games a day could boost children's brain power. I see a lot of children now will be looking to photograph this headline and stick it on the fridge in every single kitchen in Ireland and say, look, I told you so. I should be playing three hours uh, on my um, PlayStation. I should be playing three hours a day on my Xbox. It's good for my brain power. And then another thing that's good for brain power is, I think mammies and daddies know best when it comes to their own children, but just in case you need to be reminded, uh, don't be rushing to stop your little babies having a nap because that's also vital for their brain and memory development. They break down, you know, particularly toddler age, when they stop snoozing and stop having naps and they're saying it's a good thing because when you're sleeping uh, your brain is repairing and growing and developing and um, what about the brains of cats i've admitted in the past that no particular issue with cats not a fan of them but therefore that's just my own personal choice many people love them and they can be great pets uh, but apparently they're now found to be uh, smarter i mean i know, I know they're devious aren't they uh, cats uh, and they're probably very selfish and they're kind of a loner species. But pets were found to become active and very excited by their owner's cat voices, which may be similar to baby talk. Anybody around here want to give a go at the baby talk? You're lovely, lovely fella. What would be the equivalent to that be in then in cat talk? I actually can't do the moggy talk, but apparently... Um, cats do react to it. Uh, I don't know how they um, manage to uh, actually get funding to do this kind of research, but they get excited by their owner's cat voice, which may be similar to baby talk. So find a way. Uh, well, I mean, baby talk is all very straightforward. Everybody does it. We turn into big blubbering idiots around babies. Um, actually, there's also a story in the paper today where poor old Philip Schofield is getting battered left, right and center. He has a wine range that's been ditched by Waitrose because those people that were buying it said that it was undrinkable. One person said, there is nothing whatsoever you can do to make this drinkable. Chill it, freeze it, add ice, um, consider a mixer. It's simply best to just avoid it. Uh, They called it bitter and overpriced. Um, So it's been withdrawn from Waitrose. I mean, I I don't know much about wine. Don't drink it anymore. Um, Can't drink it, to be quite honest with you. Um, big problem with me and wine, though, is that even when I did, I never found a box wine that was actually nice. I'm going to, I'm going to, be, I'm going to be told that I'm not talking about. Anytime I see a box wine, I think it could be, should be used for, for cooking, you know, for sauces and stuff. Uh, box wines, there's something not right about that. And then they break down the different decades in the papers this morning. Um, and if you were a fan of the 80s, and when I was gigging, the 80s were my most dominant decade, it was the greatest. So the 80s were the greatest the decade with the best music and the best movies. And they break it down decade by decade by decade this morning. And it makes for great research if you were a, 
uh, a boogier or indeed a child of the 80s. Uh, although, I'm looking at it there, I have to say, the 70s weren't all that shabby either. I mean, they got, they got Queen in there and the ABBA and Fleetwood Mac and the Bee Gees and, and Bowie. Then they compare Queen in the 80s as well as in the 70s and the likes of George Michael and Wham, Bon Jovi, never really a big fan, Madonna, Groundbreaker, and Michael Jackson, of course, uh, back in the days when people played Michael Jackson music, I guess. The Neil Prenderville Show on Quartz Red FM. Two-time gold winner at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. Okay, text 0868104106. WhatsApp's down, lads, all over the world. But as soon as they get their act together, it'll be back up again. But for now, it's text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. I want to get straight down to one of the stories that makes the papers today. And this is groundbreaking changes to our licensing laws. Wonder what the impact will be, say, for instance, on Leaside, whether it's in the city, the suburbs and the county, because different sections of the, of the entire county of Cork will react differently to this news. So I just mentioned it earlier on this morning. All pubs will be able to serve drink until half past midnight. Late bars till half past two. Nightclubs can serve drink till 5 a.m. and close at 6 a.m. Interestingly, also, pubs will be able to allow to open and to serve drink from half past ten in the morning. Now, why people would want to be going in for a bev at half ten in the morning, I don't know, but let's find out. Michael O'Donovan's with the VFI, himself a publican in the city. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Neil. So, the general reaction to this, or have you managed to take the temperature of publicans on Leaside? What are the, what are the thoughts? Yeah, look, this is something that we've been, I suppose, working on, Neil, for the last couple of years with the alcohol bill and the reform of it. Um, this morning, there's there's obviously aspects that we're very happy with and some that I think we have reservations about. So, um, look, as you just said there, 10.30 in the morning, that is the law of the land as it stands now for six mornings of the week, but on a Sunday morning, it's 12.30. And oh, forgive me, can you already get a drink at half ten in the morning? You can get a drink, uh, yeah, at half ten, six mornings of the week, okay. except All Sunday right. morning. So Sunday morning now is going to be 10.30, and why we were looking for that is, you know, we've seen over the last number of years uh, big uh, football hurling matches down Parky Keefe across the province. They primarily take place at 2 o'clock, a lot of them, so people are coming into town early and they can't go anywhere, be it for food or, or for a few drinks. So uh, I think it's to, you know, uh, I suppose, enable those people to be looked after. So we really pushed for the 10.30 on a Sunday morning. And look, it's there on, in law that we can do it. We don't have to open every morning at that time. Look, you can go around the county now and see most pubs don't open until 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, unless they do food where they'd be open at lunchtime. Yeah, so yeah. these are the, the laws that... If you're, if there's something on, you can avail of it, but you don't have to do it. Michael, do you remember years ago when all the pubs closed from half past two to half past three during the week? It was called the Holy Hour, and on yeah. Sundays, all of the pubs had to close from two o'clock to four o'clock in the afternoon. Do you remember them days? I do, yeah, very vividly. I was, I grew up in the bar industry, so uh, my parents used to come collect me from school during Holy Hour. Um, and what was the reason behind Holy Hour? I've got half an idea, but I'd prefer to hear your interpretation of it. I suppose it was for people on a Sunday, especially, to go home to have their 
family dinner um, <laughs> to you know to go for a drink after mass and uh, be home with their family for the, the rest of the day and kind of break that of going out but look there was also ways around that if you travelled outside a certain dis- uh, a certain distance you were entitled to get a drink so I think in, in latter years in the 80s it became a bit farcical so it was changed in the late yeah. the late, the late 80s yeah, that yeah like you could actually um, get a drink say for instance when, when the holy hour was in force and the two to four on Sunday at the train station and people would go to the train station bar others would go to the airport for a the drink airport yeah you know? it was people started finding ways of working around us and look I suppose with the, the licensing laws that we have now um, they've been there for over 200 years so look it was time that they were reformed yeah, and yeah. some of the aspects of it you know like the special exemption orders that's for bars that would go late into the night as it is at present it's very you know time consuming to go to the courts at the moment and we're hoping today when we'll see the details of uh, what Minister McAtee is um, is proposing that you know this will be done online this is the, the 20th century you could say 2022 um, you know the technology is available for this to be done online. Online. So a late bar, say a typical late bar that wanted to open late on a Friday or a Saturday night, could serve alcohol up until half two in the morning if they apply online for a special licence, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Look, the, the law of the land at the moment is half two, so it's nothing new in this uh, for this to happen. But it's just the way of going about doing it. Uh, at the moment, you know, uh, a barrister hires solicitors, solicitor has to go into court, the judge has to grant it. Um, if there's any objections, be it by the guardee or um, fire officer, you know, they can raise an objection. Like an online system, they could still raise those objections, but it just could be done in a far more streamlined but how could a, a guard object to an online? They can object in court when the isn't that particular days when people say, "Oh, maybe that has to do with renewal of a license." Is it, Michael? Yeah, look, a renewal is different to the special exemption order, but like the the premises would still apply, say, to the register of the courts or the courts service to uh, get their license and look. Obviously, a list would be passed to the guardian. If there was an objection, they'd raise it. And then that would probably have to go to court in that scenario. But if there was no objection, it could be just granted through the court system. And uh, a fee paid uh, presently, it's €205. It was halved in the in the budget recently. So, you know, that fee could be paid online and to streamline it, make okay. it much easier, okay. much faster, and take take a lot of time out of the courts and but, free up the courts. But for why other then? Why w- I've an interesting text there saying it's a disgrace that people who fancy a quiet pint after half past midnight must now pay to go to a loud club. Pubs should be allowed open. Um, well, Owen is saying pubs should be allowed open until 6am. But why should a pub have to close at half past midnight? Why shouldn't the pub be allowed to stay open until half past two? Yeah, look, uh, the majority of our late night bars here in Cork do not charge to go in. Um, it's only if you're going to the club part, I suppose, where DJs are performing. I know that, but a lot of but suburban and rural pubs are not late night bars, but still they're turfing out their customers at half past midnight. Whereas in the yeah, city, look, it's half two or a club at six. Yeah, look, I suppose that is uh, an issue, but look, we can only operate within the licensing laws of the country and the licensing laws of the country at present are half 11, Neil, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that we have to stop serving and uh, send people on their way home at, at midnight. This will extend it by, you know, till 12, 12.30, so it's giving a small bit of an extension to us, but we have to operate within the laws of the land. And, and what, catch up with the rest of the world, catch up with the rest of Europe and things like that? 
Yeah, I suppose, look, this is a, look, the, the laws of the land for licensing have dated back over 200 years. Um, this is, the, I suppose, the first attempt by a minister really to reform them. Um, and look, maybe in years to come, we'll probably see tweaks of this going forward. This will be the first steps. And look, we'll take it step by step as yeah. we go forward, really, I, I suppose. OK, I have to address one issue, though, and that is staff. If you've got staff now working until half two in the morning and clean up, etc., etc., that's a 4am finish. You have nightclub staff opening and not getting home till 7 or 8 in the morning. Um, will this, because publicans will clearly make more money, will this also mean that staff will be paid more, paid better? I Indeed, where will you get the staff? So there's a lot of questions well, there, I know. That, that is the biggest question, Neil, that I have about this. You know, the headlines are nightclubs will stay open until 6 o'clock in the morning. This will be one of the biggest things that we'll be looking at today. There is no such thing in Irish law as a nightclub licence. They all apply for the same uh, special exemption order. I know this is technical, but uh, we're waiting to see with Bated Brett how the Minister is going to no, this devise is, it. No, but this would be for the Vintners Federation, for, for publican. Like, will the hourly rate for staff working till, say, half two, or the hourly rate for staff working till 6am on social well, hours be increased after, say, midnight? Yeah, well, look, at present, the, the law of the land is the special exemption orders go till half two. There is no change on the special exemption orders, and what we're hearing is that there's no change. It's, as I said, this new section that uh, Minister McAtee is talking about, 6am, but I would say there'll be very few go into that market, Neil, because, look, at the moment, even when it's at half two, there's a struggle for people to get home. So if we're going until 6am, how are people going to get home? Dublin is the only city in the country right now that has a late night bus system so a lot of things need to be put in place before 6am opening would be I suppose uh, practical to So have it. they even joined the dots on this with regards to public transport or taxis for that matter? Well that's uh, that, that is uh, something that will have to be seriously looked at because uh, it's a struggle at the moment if you ask people that are out in Cork City at the weekend taxis have been increasing and we're delighted to see that but there's still a shortfall of, of them we're nowhere near where it used to be in 2019 you know before the pandemic um, with uh, people able to get home and even this weekend look we've no late night buses which is you know disappointing uh, in previous years for the Jazz Festival we had buses running at 1, 2, 3 in the morning I know we've the orbital route you know Ballancolic to Carrigal Line but we used to have you know buses going to Middleton uh, going in different directions there's none this weekend and did you make representations with Capwell as to why that's the case yeah, look, we, we inquired nationally, but um, it's it, it's just not feasible at the moment. And look, until we get those, I think... Sort the Carrigaline Ballancolig one runs 24, but not the nothing else you're saying. Yeah, there, there's the rest are all just normal, normal. services. And, and a lot of people will avail of it, come in on the bus and go home on the bus at, you know, the half 11, 12 o'clock with the, the last runs. Yeah, yeah. yeah but it would, be, it would be great to see those extended until maybe one, two, um, when there's a big festival weekend like this. And I suppose going forward, that's something that will have to be looked at for those uh, that may consider to operate very late into the night. OK, yeah. OK, just on, on the point of, of staffing, though, um, and people working later, an awful lot of, of, of people working in, in the hospitality industry in pubs are, are part-time and an awful lot of them are, say for instance as an example, college students you're probably going to have a problem there if they're going to be asked to work much later into the night and they say have college the next day, they probably will find another job with more sociable hours 
Yeah, look, that's going to be those that will have the opportunity to open until 6am. That will be, pose one of the biggest challenges is getting staff because if you're open until 6am, that probably means staff will be coming in around midnight and working until 7, half 7, 8 in the morning by the time you get your premises cleaned up and I suppose ready for the next day. So that will be a huge challenge going forward is the, the staffing issue. Okay, and just finally then, uh, with people drinking later, um, won't that increase the amount of antisocial behaviour on our streets, the amount of fighting or assaults or issues like that? Um, The Gardaí Síochána must maybe have a a point of view on that. Um, Like, does that that worry you? And also on that then, it's going to mean that bars and nightclubs and everything are going to have to staff up even more with security, right? Yeah, look, I suppose there there will be those requirements. As I said, the, we'll have to wait and see the, the, the details today, but I suppose if special exemption order premises, you know, like late night bars are closing at 2.30 and clubs, what, whatever way they'll design that, will go until later in the night. You know, I suppose there'll be a staggering there of people coming out, so people may disperse depending on how they can get home um, and by the time the next cohort come out, there'll be, you know, some will be cleared, so I, I, I presume that's their thinking on mm. it. Uh, mm. Not everybody will stay out till half two in a late bar. Not everybody will be piling out of a nightclub. You know, the reality is, like, to be honest with you, a lot of premises don't even open uh, earlier in the week. So they don't because there's not business around anyway. And also there's not staff to open them. Yeah, that's a challenge that's there right now. And, you know, with our, where we are the here and now, I suppose, the, with the cost of living, you know, lots of places are closed some form of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So a lot of bars, even when, when this will come in, you know, they may opt to close at 11 o'clock, half 11, 12 o'clock on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, they may not uh, even stay open until 12.30. Like that, that is the maximum you can do, but each bar can tailor their own opening times to suit their clientele. So, you know, uh, I suppose we'll see the different variations of that going forward. It's well. just finally, is it an effort by the vintners to try and take business back from the off-licenses to encourage people to come out more because they have more time uh, maybe and to cut down on home drinking because that's certainly one area that's been on the increase in recent years. Yeah, that's been on the increase, but this isn't, a, a, I suppose, an effort on our behalf to change that. And that might sound, you know, this is this is answering to, you know, we had a group take back the night. Um, this is probably working uh, in coordination with them yeah. on, uh, on extending it more than anything. Because, look, there is a younger cohort that do want to come out probably later, go dancing. Yeah, yeah. So, so, like, it, it's, it's probably more aimed at them. Um, and I suppose, look, Ireland is changing whether it's for, you know, the way it's going. So we're getting a lot more European. And the, these are the, I suppose, what happens across Europe. You know, when people go on holidays, they see it. Bars are open later. Clubs are open later. So I suppose we're coming a small bit more in line with what's happening across okay. the continent of Europe. OK, OK. So anyway, uh, it's not going to happen anytime soon. It won't be happening for the jazz. It won't be happening for Christmas. None of this will happen until uh, early next year, I believe, right? Yeah, look, it's coming to Cabinet today, um, the heads of the bills, there'll be consultation after that, so yes, this, the, this won't happen until sometime, I, I suppose, if I'm honest, probably mid-2023 will be the earliest we'll probably see this. Okay, thanks for taking the call as always, Michael O'Donovan of the VFI, and the owner of the Castle Inn on South Main Street. Your thoughts on the licensing law changes, text 0868 pick up the phone on 0818 104 106. One other aspect 
aspect you were talking about is the you know the holy hour from years ago. Many people might have a, an opinion on the holy hour. Half past two to half past three every day, the pubs had to close, and that included pubs that were doing drink and food. You know, they closed every day for one hour, and on Sundays they had to close from two until four. The two to four really was. Uh, to get people home for the Sunday dinner by and large and in rural Ireland of course there was you know milking need to be done and stuff like that on the farm in the in the late afternoon but during the week my understanding of the half two to half three and I'm open to correction on this is is because way back in the day an awful lot of people who worked say for instance as labourers they might have worked on building sites and in construction or they might have been working down the docks for instance working the docks and working on the ships coming in or what have you they were paid in the pubs um, and unfortunately, all too often, uh, when they were paid in the pubs, they stayed in the pubs and they drank in the pub. And what was really, really unfair about that way back along was that when they were paid in the pubs by their direct boss or whoever was above them, the gaffer, the gaffer would expect a drink or two. Uh, and that was the reason. I think it was the Catholic Church insisted on it, if I remember correctly, half two to half three. So the people who were paid in the pub were drinking at the pub would go home and bring some money home rather than spending it all in the pub. That's my interpretation of it. Uh, there are other people on the lease side, of course, who will know it better than I. So get in touch. Uh, text 0868104106. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Okay, people starting to want pick it already, particularly those that would enjoy a quiet pint after half past 12, but won't be able to do so unless they go to a late bar where it will be loud and probably jammed or into a nightclub. Others are wondering about buses and indeed taxis. And an interesting one here, what about fast food places? Will they open until 6 o'clock in the morning as well? Because what do people want to do when they come out at, say, half past 2 or even at 6 in the morning? Inside in the city, a typical example of that would be, in a word, hillbillies, right? So will they be open until 6 or 7 in the morning? So it's the impact of all of those things. So we'll come back to that. Text 0868104106 for your own thoughts. But just staying with it uh, from the point of view of transport. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's wrong. I think if they've dropped the ball, not having more late night buses across the jazz weekend, maybe that's a bus issue. Maybe it has to do with staffing. I do not know. Uh, but I wonder if the taxi drivers are up to speed with all of this, if you'll pardon the pun. Sean, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? So this will also mean that uh, we're going to need more taxi drivers working later hours and in some cases through the night when before maybe they quit at one or two in the morning kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think there's been any consultation with the taxi drivers, you know. And, uh, you know, the vintners just plowing on again here. Like, I, I personally won't be sent out at six o'clock. Um, and I spoke to a few of my colleagues this morning. And they have no intentions of saying out at six o'clock in the morning. It's bad enough being out till half three, four o'clock. And, you know, here we go again. The vintners just ploughing on, saying, oh, we're out. How are the people going to get home? Okay, so why wouldn't you want to chase the money? Is it because it's too risky? It, like, it, you know, it gets messy enough, Neil, with people being in the clubs till half two. And, like... I would think it would be a lot worse people coming out at six o'clock in the morning, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You, you, have to make, you guys said. have to make a call, don't you, when somebody's approaching the taxi late at night or early in the morning, do I or don't I let them in? Abs- absolutely. Like, and, uh, and people will know that it's hard to get a taxi between four and six in the morning even to get to the airport. And like, they, they now expect us to stay out till six in the morning to, you know, 
you know, I, I reckon it will be a lot more. The club coming up will be a lot more messy than leaving the club at half two in the morning. You know. Yeah, but maybe, like, but technically, it shouldn't be any messier than in London or or Paris or Berlin or. Barcelona, you know, where they're doing it already. But I don't think we have the volume of taxi drivers here to, to, that that will stay out to cover that. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I, I just don't know how people are going to get home. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, do you, you're also aware of uh, the issue regarding taxi drivers' cars, right? With this ten-year limit, are you aware that I was talking about it yesterday? Um, That's right. Yeah, they're, they're I, saying because of I, this rule that something in the region of three and a half, four thousand taxi drivers will quit before next year. I've also read somewhere that they're thinking about extending that to 15 years, Neil. I'm not sure where I came across it, but there is talk about that to try and stop that happening, you know? But there's no clarity on that as to whether it will happen no, or not. No, not yet. Yeah. No. It's a 10-year age limit on a perfectly good car. Yeah, I know it's ridiculous. Absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Like, once the car is maintained, I mean, taxis are, you know, NCT'd every year as opposed to two years. Yeah. Okay. Not a gr- not a great not a great phone line, Sean. But thanks for your contribution. No consultation. Okay. How are people going to get home? Bobby Lynch, the Irish Taxi Council. Bobby, good morning. Uh, he's on. Sorry, my apologies. On line one now. Thank you for that, Bobby. You can hear me now. What are your thoughts on it? Hello, Nate. Good morning. Good morning to you. Yeah, I was just listening to Sean there. What Sean said there was quite right, and like uh, there was no thought put into this. Were you even driver. were you even aware of it before this morning, for instance? I I knew there was something coming down the line, but I wasn't I wasn't aware that they were going to be talking about it this quick. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, the, 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 when your researcher rang me there, I says, "What did I say? I didn't know about this." Yeah. No, the t- the thing is, Neil, they want drivers. Uh, like you hit it, you hit the nail there a few times. Right? You're talking about the ten-year-old. No, they expect taxi drivers to go out and buy a brand new vehicle and stay out all night and pick people off the streets. I mean, pick them off the streets, drunk, and throw them into their brand new car and bring them home. No, then they want to allow us keep our cars if they're in good condition. Then they're taking away taxi ranks from outside the nightclubs. Is there any nightclub in Cork with a taxi rank outside? Mm, mm, not. Mm. No, they want us. To yeah, but people would have no night. problem with flagging down a taxi, say for instance, in in a Middleton well, or a or a Clonakilty or a Washington Street. You know, if they were well, there. Oh uh, uh, yeah, no, they, uh, they're on about the shortages of taxis. Now it didn't the taxi drivers fault that there's a shortage. It's the NTA, and it's the NTA should be on the radio this morning telling you and telling the public why there's a shortage of taxis that they're causing, because we can no longer transfer our license. We had a a lot of drivers that passed away in the last two to three years over COVID and other illnesses, and their license died with them. No, that's where the shortage is coming in. And the multiplayer owner, now I'm not talking about the Mickey Mouse fellow with the five or six plates. I'm talking about the fellow with the hundreds of plates up in Dublin who is leasing his cars out. And yet, the, the lads that want, want to buy their own plates and become their own boss cannot do it. But the multiplayer why can't, owner... Why can't they do it if the, if the multi-plate owner can do it? The multiplayer owner, like, the rule is set out for the multiplayer owner. And a lot of fellas out there would like to come out and buy their own place and have their own car on the road rather than paying 250 or €300 Euro to a multiplayer owner every week and plus the fact that he has to pay for his insurance. But do, if no. I wanted to be a taxi driver in the morning, could I buy a plate? 
looking money by a wheelchair place. Right, okay. Now, the wheelchair people, now, when they do know, I was in a wheelchair for the last 10 months, uh, right? Yeah. Now, they don't want to get in to wheelchair small vans. They don't want to get into them. No, the thing is, right, the thing, then you have people saying I couldn't get a wheelchair bus. I tell you the reason why they can't get a wheelchair bus, because the multiplayer owner can buy five taxi wheelchair plates. He then has to sit a test, show him how to put it in and take it out and do what you do with a wheelchair. He sits that test. He can go away and buy five wheelchair taxi plates. And he can lease them out to the army man in the street. And the army man in the street don't have to do wheelchair work because mm. he didn't do he didn't do the test. Yeah, I know it's a bit a glare, it's a glaring no, hole. Every yeah. every everything everything is geared up for the multiplayer owner. Now uh, a lot of fellas won't rent taxis because they have to make the rent money, make their diesel money, and make their insurance money before they make a penny themselves. Okay, but why wouldn't taxi drivers want to chase the business at half two in the morning or chase half the nightclubs in the, morning, the weekend at no, six a.m.? No, we have no problem looking after the public, providing the safety is there for us. Yeah. We have no girls on the street, not the girls' fault. We have no girls on the street. Do you expect us to be inside in town bringing drunks home at that? the morning and that's what I, that's why I will come because a lot of people when we bring them home oh god I walk in the morning you know what I mean yeah and a, a lot of them do make the effort to, to go home we, we carry a lot of good people I have to in the morning but yeah. uh, there's still the, the safety out there is not for the taxi driver no one what, what is the, what is the problem this. that they get sick in the taxis or they refuse to pay or they don't have any money the, or they need, don't want to in the, in, 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 like the runner over if they're getting sick that's, that's a new smart thing right? so that, that, that's, that, that's not your, your, your life at stake at but we, we had two drivers there a few weeks ago that were robbed up in McCotton Street Right, robbed. And somebody and got into the passenger seat, pretending to want to be taken somewhere. <laughs> and what? Yeah. Did they have? Did they have yeah. a knife or something? I do not know because them lads never never came forward to, to tell us what happened. But like, I, I tell every taxi driver report everything because there's a lot of stuff out there not being reported. Yeah, because that certainly wasn't reported on. But you know, maybe they just want to. Yeah, maybe they just don't want to. You know, go public. I tell I tell them what, all right. Well, the, the, like, the reason then for the shop is a lot of fellas come half this tour, they're gone. They're gone home. They're not going to drive fellas home. I got a text Follow. yesterday. I don't know whether it's from a taxi driver or not, actually, because we were talking about, you know, the jazz weekend coming up. And, and that texter said to me, a lot of taxi cars are in bad nick. And they need updating. I need I, but but hang, no, I, listen, I, I'm, I'm not down on taxi drivers. Yeah, you know that very yeah, well. But yeah. let me just read this anyway. Yeah. A lot of taxi dri- cars are in bad nick. They need updating. But a lot of taxi guys now are in their 70s and they'll be retiring soon anyway. So they won't spend on a new car when they're close to retiring. So, Neil, I tell you why there's 70 and more drive, all the drivers out there is that the fact that they put 40, 50 years service into this industry and at the end of the day they're told goodbye. They cannot pass their player on or sell their players. No, don't through the years look at the money they put into this industry. We provide the public with a taxi service, not the government. If the government had to provide the, 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 the people with a taxi service. There'd be no taxis on the road. Well, I know. And it's also, the, the taxi drivers are doing a lot of what the bus service should be doing late at night and more Well, Neil, yeah. that's because that's, that's they're subsidised by the government. 
If we were subsidised, though, we'd all have brand new cars every every two two years, wouldn't we? So it it but won't be a I case would. that more taxi drivers will work later or into the wee small hours they, or early they, morning. They, 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 it's like this, right? Those taxi drivers out there have no other choice but to walk. I have no other choice but to walk. No, there's no safety there. A lot of fellas go home at half two because there's no girls on the street. But back in the there's day, no... the taxi could be 24-7. Like, you might drive at 7 to 7 and I might do the other shift. Yeah. There you are people saying, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the app looking for a taxi, looking for free now. No. Um, a lot of drivers out there will turn off the app because, i tell you the reason behind this, uh, some of the pubs and some of the restaurants will phone Freena or will, will uh, contact Freena for a taxi for their customers. No. A lot of people out there don't realise that the taxi driver has to give, it's taken out of his cost, it has to give the hotel or the pub two euro or mm. the restaurant mm. two, two euro for the person who got the taxi for them. Yeah. Now, if my fare is 10 euro, uh, Freno was taking 15%, which is £1.50, and then they're taking €2 Euro to give to the hotel. I know, I know, and, and, and that, that eats into the profit, but that's not what I'm asking no. you. I'm asking why yeah. the taxis not run 24 hours a day with different people driving we them. Do. We, 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 we do. We do. We do run. There's just plenty of companies out there in Clark. Where the car is going constantly. And good companies that are going, and, and, and they're trying to keep their head above water. And they're doing a good job. But there's no one, there's no one talking about the bases. When, when the bases are gone, this problem is going to get worse. Okay, okay. It's okay. going to get worse. Neil, what, what, what you should be doing is getting the NTA on your lines, explain to the people out there, there's no one going to contact with us, there's no, there's no safety there for drivers, and do respect them uh, lads out there, and women, we must remember we have plenty okay. of women drivers, yeah, 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 yeah. and there's no, there's no safety there for them. Right. I, wouldn't want, I wouldn't want my daughter or anyone else out there over the night picking up four or five drunks, what a dumb male or female. Okay, I'll pick it up after 10. Thank you, Bobby. Uh, text 0868104106, back after 10. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 Red FM. Busy morning. I want to pick up on some stories from yesterday as well, but I'll stay with this for a while. Frank, good morning. Morning, Neil. How okay, are you? so this is just trying to catch up with the rest of the world where pubs can stay open seven days till half past midnight and late bar exemptions until half two and nightclubs till six. What do you make of it? Well, I don't think it'll work for Cork. I think this has probably been brought in just for Temple Bar and somewhere like that because, first of all, staff need. They haven't opened hell to get them staff. Who now yeah. won't get the staff? The nightclubs till six in the morning or what? The nightclubs, um, takeaways maybe, wanting to stay open later. I mean, if people are going out to stay out, they go later. So will that mean restaurants will be open 11 or 12 or people will be having a meal? Yeah, even even the half 12, last drink half 12, that means the chippers, like even in the suburbs, will be um, encouraged to stay open later, won't they? Well, they'll be... They'll have to because they won't have the crowd coming in at half eleven, like. Yeah. So does that mean you know, that they'll pay I, I, staff more for working later hours, even? 
I mean, that's, that's, that's the million dollar question. I presume where, where are they going to get all these staff? Well, I mean, I'd say you could pass every chipper in Cork at the moment. They, they probably have, have a sign up looking for staff. Yeah, right? every, listen, there are signs up everywhere. You go into the They're city, even, up, even the banks. And, Remember the days when somebody got a job in the bank? Banks have signs up now. Job for life. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there is literally, unless you're not able to work, there is no reason for anybody to go to work except for the fact that it doesn't work for a lot of people, doesn't pay. Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly hospitality because the hours are so well, unsocial, yeah. you know, and there's no tipping culture, so there's not huge money to be made in it, really, you know? No, and as you okay. were talking there about the whole hour, Neil, as far as I remember being a black pool boy, the whole hour only applied to the city. The whole because hour I've, only applied to the city. I've yeah, so I, I, I remember the older lads and younger men Blackpool, they just had their way off up Dublin Hill to the black man because it's outside the city bound. That's right, you're right. I remember I, I that. Thought, no, I, I could be wrong, but I think it was Connie Lucy. I did, <laughs> but was it a national thing or was there only a holy no, hour in Cork? No, um, I just I think just to make the, the bigger cities like Cork, Galway, Dublin. As far, no, I could be wrong. You're so absolutely I'm, I'm, right about that, though, because I recall myself even doing it once or twice when we were, and we, we, we might come off air and, and finish and go for a couple of pints and we might be, I don't know where we'd be, but I know that we would drive to the Black Man and we maybe we maybe the Fox and Hounds or something. The, the Black Man, the Fox and the Hounds, on the other side then, if it was there at the time, maybe somewhere like the Grange Bar was probably outside the city bounds. That's a fact, yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Road just, the, road just, the road just, I remember, I played the band on my left, I remember playing with a band during Holy or down the road to Tunnel. And what was the reason behind it? Did I get it right or wrong that it was to get... I, th- I think you're right. I think you're, you're right. Originally, it was brought in on the Sunday so that the daddies would go home for Sunday, Sunday dinner. dinner. <laughs> and uh, it was definitely, definitely brought in by the church. And the half two to half three in the city then was because people were being paid in pubs and they weren't going home or... They were having to give the gaffer drink and stuff, wasn't it? Exactly. And I mean, I remember I worked like Bobby. Bobby there, I worked in the tax industry for years on bases. And I mean, the crowd you'd have inside in the early morning houses before they went to work in the docks. So they don't hit points if one of them went over driving cranes. I know. Isn't it amazing they weren't killed? You know? sure and I mean, I could say about short of the taxis. I mean, when you were up in the other place, I worked in bases on McCorton Street. There was five... Hackney bases on McCorton Street and they couldn't keep up with the work. Yeah, I know, I know. Is it still the case that there are that many bases up there's, there or there's, there's less? There's one, there's one. Is it just the one now? Just, just the one now as far as no area I tell you one thing, McCorton Street is one success story, you know. I mean, oh, it's just brilliant. incredible and the way they turned it around. In I mean, fairness, it's beautiful. Pity they won't do it in Blackpool, Shandon Street. I know, well, Street. Tommy Gould was on about that this morning, the dereliction on Shandon Street. It's a shame, really, because it could be a huge tourist Shandon and social Street hub, couldn't it? Shannon Street stop is terrible. I mean, next Sunday night, you know, you have the dragon, which always draws huge crowds. But it's just when you look around and you just see the dereliction and even going all the way down North Main Street, it's not great to be quite it's honest. not great, no. A lot of work that he's doing. Yeah. All right, Frank, appreciate that. it. Thanks anyway, for taking the care, call. Nate. Cheers. Uh, Frank was also asking the question, where will they get the staff? Will this impact on the off-licenses? Maybe the off-licenses could put in a claim now to be able to open longer and earlier. Who knows? Mike, good morning. Morning. Thanks for holding. Um, I think you work within the security sector, right? Absolutely, And yeah. you recall this stupid and irresponsible. Absolutely. Why? 
Yeah, it is. Absolutely. It's crazy. It's just another example of this government, you know, the, the, the way they just look at things. Clueless, actually. Why? I mean, we have a drink cultural problem in this country, massive problem with underage drinking, with drinking in general. And what we do, we expose people to longer hours, which is going to cause problems, people by now, late by night. The human but surely the underage drinking, the finger could be pointed more accurately at off-license and supermarkets, that the publicans would say that they have responsible drinking policies. It's not working. It's not working. I've seen it all, I've seen it all the time. Uh, we have a massive problem with, um, with underage trying to access pubs and clubs with yeah. fake ID cards yeah. and get all the cards and all this. It's a massive problem. Yeah. And are they and hard to spot then? Are they on the doors, Michael? Absolutely. Very hard because young girls, you see, they can wear makeup and they can completely change their appearance. And I've been caught several times myself. Uh, it's extremely difficult. Are there a lot of fake uh, IDs out there that look the job? Yeah. Huge problem. Oh, definitely. It's a huge problem. Yeah. Uh, and you see like, the consequences of it later in the night yes. then? Absolutely. And if, like, we walk at one in the morning and bar staff, they want to get out. They don't want to be walking. Like, you're going to have a massive problem with staffing. It's going to be huge. Nobody wants to walk in a bar after one o'clock in the morning. No door staff want to be around after one, two o'clock in the morning. So you, this will be confined to Dublin city centre, I reckon. It's not going to be a, a nationwide issue or uh, facility. It's not going to happen because... You don't see Reardon's doing a 6am? You don't see Voodoo doing a 6am? Uh, you don't no, see don't Cypress so. Avenue? You know, the Oak? No, I don't see it. I don't know what they're going to get staffed. The security industry is on the floor at the moment. The hospitality industry is on the floor. Um, a lot of clubs can't function now in pubs without, uh, can't get door staff. It's a massive problem. With Why it. don't people want to work in security? Is it that uh, people are tooled up too much now with the increase in yeah, knife crime and what have you? It's a huge, yeah, there's a whole diverse range of issues why people don't want to work in the industry anymore. Uh, it's the same with the pub uh, sector, very same thing. Uh, you can see we can't get shifts now in, uh, in bars and restaurants. So, like, you're not going to entice people into the industry to work. You know, I mean, you've got to realise that bar staff, they are supposed to work till 6 in the morning. They're going to be in there till 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning, clean-ups and things to be done for the next day's trade. So, like, you're not going to entice people into the industry. It's a very unattractive industry. Uh, from the, I'm looking from the security point of it, but also from the health and the antisocial side of it as well, and it's just not practical. You think we drink too much that so we can't handle our alcohol, is it? You yeah, we're going to expose people to longer hours now. It's going to create other issues. But by and large, I mean... Infrastructure, get yeah. people off the streets, and you're not going to have people coming out at 6 in the morning. You'll people coming out at 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, and it's going to be another problem for the guard as well, who are already stretched anyway. Dealing with other issues. So, so it's going to be a guard no issue, brainer. it's going to be a taxi issue, there's going Absolutely. to be uh, public transport where the buses aren't there, they'll be wandering the streets at four Staffing. in the morning, yeah, some of them could be alone or isolated, they may be female, you know, what that impacts on people. Those the kind pub, of the, the sec- the, what we have at the moment is quite adequate for people. They get they go up by night, they have the late night bath, 2 30 in the morning, get out at 3 o'clock, 3 a.m. We have people, other pubs have 12 closing, 1 o'clock. We have ample opportunity to be able to go out and socialise. This is just a no-brainer. No-brainer. Yeah, but um, his caller just a couple of seconds ago said this really won't impact Cork. It's a Dublin thing, really, with regards to the clubs, and it's probably a good idea. Isn't it a good idea that someone in a suburban pub on a Thursday night or a Friday night can have a pint at half past 12 instead of half past 11? I'm not even sure of the licensing, is it? Maybe maybe it's... What is it on a Friday and Saturday night anyway in a pub? Half 12, half 12. Okay. Half 12, yeah, half 11. But now they can do it seven nights instead of the... The weekends, that's point. Is it? People can control their alcohol and you know drink moderately, but people who abuse alcohol is going to create massive problems. Okay, all right. It's a no-brainer. No-brainer, right. All right. Thanks for that. Let's get the Thank opinions you. of Monty Paul Montgomery has uh, Conway's Yard and and Clancy's and pubs like that. Paul, good morning. Morning, Neil. One of the lads there were saying that this is for Dublin, really, more than anywhere else. Would you agree with that? 
you know, I, that would have been my initial thought there several months ago when we were on several there was different committees that were talking to us, um, I suppose on behalf of the Minister for Justice and the Minister for Tourism at the time. <coughs> Excuse me, but um, the more I think of it there this morning, you know, that I, I think, Neil, we don't know, I suppose, until we see maybe what comes out in the bill and stuff, but I suppose if we look back at the history of kind of nightclubs and dance halls and, you know, discos, maybe this is just another evolution now and maybe this is where it's going to go, you know? So I suppose as as a nightclub owner and have been in the business for 20 years, that I think that maybe it might end up being a trend and, you know, certainly we'd be looking at it as well. I mean, my initial thought this morning was, you know, where people, how are you going to hold on to your trade and so on and so forth. But you see, like from having several... Um, going to several meetings with the guards and you know UCC and stuff around college time and at the big weekends of the year and that I think maybe staggered opening like that might work you know that you'll have you'll have different parts of the nightlife out different times now so that may you know it, it may be something that's going to become a trend and maybe something that we'll we'll roll with or certain clubs will and but is it in a college city like Cork with somewhere upwards of 15 or 20,000 students um, isn't this going to be problematic though if the licensing laws allow them to drink later and into the early hours I mean isn't it going to lead to an increase in antisocial I, behaviour in the city and the suburbs and what have you I, I, I actually don't think so I think I think that what's happening with the student industry that, and I've seen this over the years with Yvonne that they're actually going out earlier because they have a, a very limited budget but it might bring in into a city like Cork in Dublin and other cities, you may have people who, like, this is more pure clubbing and dancing and, and different genres of music, that it's a different population that might have a higher, you know, spending power and people that are, it, it, it could be a very attractive... For tourism. We don't, we don't, tourism. But, but we don't have a whole lot of clubs in Cork anyway. Well, we, we, we don't, but, like, if you have... If you have people coming into Cork, and I mean, we've seen it this summer that there's been a great tourism trade. And if, you know, people come for all sorts of reasons and celebrations and parties. I mean, Ryanair have built a business around Europe and the world in delivering people to holiday destinations to party and bone stags and hens and stuff. So so why like, not then just allow pubs to open and close whenever they want? Why, why should a pub oh, well, that's a traditional yeah. pub, say, for instance, I'm not saying they'd want to do it but a pub in the city like, say, the Chateau, why, couldn't, why shouldn't they be allowed to stay open until half well, past two in the morning? Well, sure, maybe this will be, this will, the, de- the devil will be the detail in, in the legislation, but from my reading of it this morning is that, you know, you're going to have a pub opening hours to half twelve, you're going to have the late um, <coughs> bars allowed to go to half two, and then <coughs> out and out clubs then to go... No, no but, the, but the, the half two requires a permit that they have to pay for. I mean, surely yeah, that's inequitable to a pub who says, OK, I, I, I could easily stay open until one or half one or, or two on a Friday or a Saturday night. Why aren't I permitted? Yeah, well, the, the permit mightn't be that expensive and it might be relative to your capacity and stuff. So if it's a permit that you're only going to get annually, it's not going to be like the system at the moment that we're paying hundreds of four and five hundred euros a night to, 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 per, to open at the moment. So that's the cost of opening late at the moment. But if you're a pub and you want to be a late bar, and you just have to get a permit once a year. Like that's not too onerous. And if that's what pubs decide they're going to do, you know, uh, and maybe that's what they will do. But I, I just think that in any city that there may be um, a, a market there, that there might only be two or three clubs in the city that say, you know, we want to dance venue until 
um, until that hour in the morning, and it might allow a lot of live stuff as well, you know. So I, I think it's something that we, we've seen it over the years that nightclub industry has evolved in a downward spiral because yeah. people are coming out earlier. It's a, it's a money issue. You know, people like to be eating. There's a certain trend, and I think COVID probably, you know, exasperated that trend of, of being out eating and, and out earlier. But there's still um, a segment of the population and people, when they're on, when they're off for a weekend and stuff, they'll say, we want to dance, you know, and that's always been, you know, an issue. And it might be a good reversal of the of the trend of people but, being on dating and everything else. I might say, look, as you know, there are clubs now that are open late and, you know, you're not going to get into them if you're wasted with drink or drugs or whatever. Like, I mean, people are, people are still going to operate the clubs, they're going to charge a fee going in to cover the, the cost of it. But if they are select and if they're if they're rare and they're few and far between in every city because only a certain amount of operators will have the appetite for that. But it would be nice in Cork if we were able to compete with the Dublin market. I, I would hate to think that we just say, you know, the more I'm thinking about this morning say that we oh, we'll just leave it to Dublin, you know. I mean, I would say that the airlines, the hotels, everyone else would want would like to see in Cork and the tourism business and the restaurants and the English market and say, Oh God, you know, bring the people into the city. Have but, have this Yeah. Know. But is it responsible? So the security guard there, or man working in security, says the security industry, he's talking about Cork, is on its knees. They can't get staff. The amount of fake IDs that pass for the real thing is alarming. Um, people are in pubs and clubs with fake IDs too young. It's irresponsible. Added to that as well, you can't get people home. There are no late night buses. There won't be taxis for everybody. It's going to be a safety issue. Well, there's always challenges, but look at there. We've had those challenges with, with, with years, and we, we have to manage them. And I think that that late night piece will be for a very limited. You're going to be talking of hundreds rather than thousands. I mean, you know, I remember years ago there was a statistic on a Friday and Saturday night there was something like fifteen to twenty thousand people out in Cork City. But like you, you, you break that up. There's a lot of people are gone home at seven, eight in the night. More are gone home at ten, twelve. So how many are going to be out until? and drinking till five in the morning, I suspect the amount of alcohol that would be consumed at four or five in the morning would be fairly minimal. Okay. But pe- okay. People okay. will pay to dance. And that's the point, I think, that we're probably forgetting here, that, you know, people want to, to get out and dance, and that's going to be a bigger part of it. You think there could be more nightclubs in Cork then going forward? I, 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 don't, I don't think there'll be more, but I, I, think, I think what you'll have is you'll, you'll have a select amount of people that will... will select amount of clubs who will be suitable and people will try it, you know, and some will succeed and some will fail, but they'll have to be fairly unique, I think. And I think that it, it will be, it might give a lifeline to the industry that's probably dying in Galway, but I don't think any nightclub left. So like that trend is going to keep going and maybe that's what they're saying. We've got to try and protect the industry and protect Ireland as a destination because, okay, we're not going to be like Ibiza, but we, we may, we still want to be able to say that we have a dance and a nightclub culture and that it's, that's part of living the same as you know going to a bar or going to a restaurant to, to a certain part of the You population. don't have any thoughts at all on the fact that people can get a pint or a short or whatever they want at half ten in the morning apparently there's, there's nothing new in that apparently I'm told it seems like very early for people to go drinking though doesn't it? Well, there, there are a couple of early houses in Cork, but you know, and I've I've seen them. They welcome in a couple of more, and they seem to be very organised, well run, and they're that's that's a tradition that's been in Cork for a long time, you know, from the Docklands and all that. But I I I I really, you know, I don't 
think that it's shots and stuff. I think people have their couple of pints that are on the ball. Okay. But yeah. I, I don't see that. I'm, I'm in the city every morning. I, I don't really see that being an issue. Okay, and you're all well stocked up for the jazz weekend, I assume, yeah? Absolutely buzzing. We have over 50 different bands across the venues, our own venues that are also in, in the city centre. So, please God, a bit, a bit of good weather and a bit of fun and a bit of joy and a bit of dancing and everything else. So it should be a great weekend. Neil. Thanks, Monty. Mind yourself. Take care, Paul Montgomery. A lot of text on this. I noticed that the clubs can now go to 6am. Surely the off licences should be allowed open from 9 o'clock as they did before and operate until 11pm. After all, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Some more here. It's a disgrace that people who fancy a quiet pint after half 12 in their local can't do it. They must go to a loud club or a late bar. Uh, pubs should be allowed to open until 6am too, says Owen. Uh, morning, is this just me thinking out loud? But a few months ago, our politicians hit us with minimum alcohol pricing. I've noticed that since this was announced, drink sales are down. I've noticed this in my local Tesco and Dunn stores as they're near but empty. Now it seems to me that our government have realised this was a huge error. Minimum pricing, apart from the loss of revenue and Christmas around the corner, people will drive north for their alcohol. Remember what they were saying. It'll cut down on the A&E's. They'll not have people under the weather arriving at A&E's causing chaos. Now the government have decided to open up the pubs and nightclubs so people can avail of more drink. Are they trying to recoup the lost uh, revenue? Personally, I don't think it will work. People are very aware of driving the following morning, not to mention the cost of alcohol anyway, says Mike in Mallow. And that's another thing I overlooked with later drinking and clubbing and pubs open very late. And I'm no killjoy, don't get me wrong. Uh, Will it also impact negatively on accident and emergency? Will fast food joints also open later? Uh, and will we expect them to open till 6am? As far as I remember, Holy Hour only applied in the city. Growing up in Blackpool, fellas would head off to the black man. It was over the county bounds. Um, good point. Frank was making that earlier as well. To those of you who don't remember the Holy Hour, uh, there was a lot of lock-ins. Um, you were supposed to close from half two to half three, but publicans, not all of them, but a fair share of them, just closed the doors and left the people in there, stay in there, the lock-in. Is anybody thinking about the possibility of addiction getting a lot worse with the new pub opening times and the lack of treatment centres or the courts getting packed up with antisocial behaviour and assault charges? There's a lack of guardie on the streets already. Good point there. A lot of the time the defence in court would be alcohol or drinking too much or an alcohol addiction. Um, watch the A&E being jammed by fools off their heads and poor Mrs. Murphy in severe pain sitting next to them. Watch the crime rate increase as well. I like a pint, but this is just crazy. Uh, just a comment about the late pubs opening, Neil. Everyone complains about the cost of living. Now people will be under more pressure to find more money to go into more pubs. It's terrible. God bless us all, says Michael. Taxis will do it if they want the money, says Alan. Plus, there's only a certain amount of people uh, and capacity of people in the clubs. Clubs will close before six. Some will close at three, four or five. So it will scatter the crowd and make things more manageable and easier. Taxi drivers need to adjust to earn or fall behind and go out of business. That's just the bare-faced facts of it. Let's put that to uh, John Roach, who himself is a taxi driver. John, good morning. Morning, Neil. You need to get in line. You need to adjust to earn your money or fall behind. Well, the, the other side of it, Neil, what about the, the, the tiredness of the driver? That's after he's walked at six o'clock in the evening. No, having to walk to six o'clock in the morning to, to bring the people home out of the city. That's how we get from it to the health. Yeah, well, it, it, dep- it depends on how the shift is organised. I mean, you could have a taxi vehicle uh, running 24 hours with three shifts, couldn't you? Well, who, who would do, who would drive them, Neil? I, oh, don't, I don't know. I don't need to, even 
that I don't even know of another driver in the city nowadays. One time, most taxis had a second driver. But now I don't even know a taxi that has a second well, driver. Well, why is that if, if we can't get taxis most of the time? Uh, a lot of it could be doing insurance, the, the money not in them anymore, Neil, the, the, just the difficulty of, of organising it. Is it a case that there are taxi drivers are getting older and are retiring and there aren't younger taxi drivers going into the business? Yeah, there's a bit of that too, Neil. And I mean, the early morning drivers, a lot of them are retired gentlemen. There'd be some of them up as far as the 80 that I know of. Um, and now the, the drunks are going to be getting into their car. How are they going to cope with these people? You don't like this idea that they're going to be pushing more drunks into the back of your taxis, is it, later at night? Well, it's obviously very difficult to deal with it. I mean, if, if you look at anybody else in, the, in any other industry, they don't have to deal with drunks. But us taxi drivers, that's what we deal with. And you have I mean, to make a call, don't you? And- yeah, they come to your door and you have to wonder, do I unlock the door or not? Will this be a problem or not? Well, I mean, you don't know what person is going to react until they're in the car. Well, I was talking with a taxi driver last week who said that they'll, a lot of the time they'll, they'll kick the door. They'll do more than that, Neil. I've had a, a woman urinate in my car during the week. Yeah, but that was, uh, that was because she was drunk, is it? Because she was drunk, Neil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's okay. because of drink. Yeah. God almighty. Um, so that's off the road then for a period of time to clean it, right? That's that's the seat out of the car and have to go and wash it, basically. That's the end of the shift. That's the end of the shift. That's the end of the next two days, Neil. But then you get the seat, the seat right again and washed and right. That's two days, you're gone. Yeah, well... That's just the end. But the, the biggest issue, Neil, will be the, the older guys that stop their shifts at five o'clock in the morning, the guys that like to do the railways and the airports and all that. Now they're going to be confronted with drunk people. And the reason they do the early morning shifts is to avoid drunk people. mm, mm. So it's going to change the industry around completely for us as taxi drivers. And it, it probably could take more cars after all because guys will work night and won't walk about. Won't walk during the day. I won't be able to walk because they'll be too tired to walk. But you surely you chase the busiest periods, though. But the, the people will still need taxis even when it's not busy. Neither. I mean, there's always taxis moving. They're always moving. There's always somebody needing to go to a hospital or go and visit their grandmother or whatever. As it does trains during the day, there's planes during the day. There's people arriving into the city different ways. Um, but if all these taxis are at night time, who's going to do the daytime? Yeah, okay, okay. I think you're, you're off on a technicality at the moment, I think. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, if we have a technical problem when we go for um, uh, out to a company called SGS to have our vehicles inspected, um, if everything isn't crossed and left his eyes and all this dotted, they, they take you off the road for a week. So we'll put out a walk for a week. Um, and it happened to me this morning where my insurance... I booked this yesterday morning and my insurance, I put it in place yesterday, but the insurance don't kick in until 12 o'clock today um, on the cert. And when I went out for the inspection this morning, the guy said, oh, no, that, that, that's, not, that's not good enough. And so now I have to wait. Either that or drive to Kilkenny Thursday for a re-inspection or wait till next Wednesday week in Cork. So basically... So he said, but he weekend. said to you technically you weren't insured, was it? Yes, but the car is insured, Neil, but the, the, the physical insurance for the taxi doesn't kick in until 12 o'clock. Right. They but give you a time, an exact time on it. Yeah. But I have my own personal insurance on the car so we can drive it. Oh, right, uh, you were changing it then from personal to taxi. I'm changing vehicle from vehicle to vehicle. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. now that means the vehicle that I came out of is gone off the road, and the new vehicle now has to stay parked up, so... But sure, he had to, uh, he had to refuse that in his defence, like, he couldn't have uh, cleared the well, car could, and then you could... he could have also said, park the car up out there at 12 o'clock, and I will give you a license. Well, he could have done that, yeah, he could have done that, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's just being very hard on us, that's just really, really 
considering I only had 20 hours to make this inspection, you know, if you understand me. I know, yeah. And it wasn't yeah. a technicality, Neil. It, yeah. yeah. Insurance is in place, it was in place. It's just been moved from one vehicle to the other. And he could have said, and I was complying with him when I was booking this yesterday. I said, oh, we have a slot at half past nine in the morning. Or we have a slot next Wednesday week in Kilkenny. So, I mean, what the choices do they give us? I mean, we're being... And for me now to book a retest, that's the choices again I'm given. Drive to Kilkenny or drive to Killarney for a retest. That's a bummer. Boy. A week's time. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. Thanks, John. Pam, good morning. 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 Hi. Thanks for morning. holding. Your, your thoughts on this. What do you make of it? One second there, now, Neil. I just turn off the radio. You're grand. You're grand. You're grand. I can wait for you. Our government. Just a text. Yeah, you're okay. oh, you're grand. So what, I was just, what I was just saying there now was, um, did anybody think of, uh, did anybody think of, like I know from experience, when I used to drive at night time there, you'd have the, uh, the clubs coming out. As a taxi um, driver you're talking about. You yeah, were a taxi yeah, driver. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I still am a taxi driver, but thankfully, I don't do um, nights anymore. I feel sorry for those that still do. Um, so what I'm thinking is, when they used to come out, like it could be 5 or 5.30, you'd get the last few people off the streets. This is the times now when the clubs are closing at 2.30, okay? Yeah, yeah. So if the clubs now aren't going to be closing until 6 o'clock, and, I, uh, and, and for... Re- my own reason why I would say is I think it's an absolute nightmare. It's heading for a disaster because you're going to have people coming on the street at six o'clock in the morning. You had Michael there telling you that you're going to have the early taxi drivers that are very, very important to the city for the buses and the airports. But you're also not going to have the morning traffic and you're going to have the morning buses where young children that are going to school are going to be on buses. I'm speaking of my own experience. My own child often got the bus at 7.30 to be in school for 8.30. So you're going to have people coming out of clubs at 6 o'clock. Any children that are in, in town getting buses out of town or even going into town for schools because there is schools in our city. So are you um, saying that the school children will be sharing the bus with drunk people? Yes, correct. And pensioners... And people trying to get to the CUH, people trying to get to the airport for work. So you're going to have a flock of drunk people getting on buses because there might not be enough taxis available for them. And you're going to have children and people starting off their day going to work sharing buses with drunken mm, people. Mm, mm. Good point. It's a nightmare for disaster. And I'll I, I, I be honest with this. I'll be honest about it. There isn't enough taxis. And as Bobby said... You really, if, if somebody could make a call to the NTA and ask them why, there's a few reasons then. There was a time, and the 70-year-old people that you mentioned as well, they all paid huge money, huge money for that taxi place, okay? And now they can leave them to no one. The minute they're finished, they're retired, that plate is... I remember when they were worth 70, 80 grand. 120,000 in Neil, I remember the mass. This is going back in the And 90s. you can't sell them now anymore. They retire no. with you, yeah, yeah. But they're with you. So, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are going into retirement. Bobby said it. There's a lot of people who died from COVID. There was a lot of people, unfortunately, took their own lives because this industry is, is gone to hell. And I, you also had uh, Paul Montgomery on there talking about that he, he, his opinion is that it might be a good idea. You know, it might, it's a good idea. The wind the, the mess will always. They don't have to clean up the mess, you're saying? Always come up trumps now. They came up trumps in the COVID. Here we are, taxi drivers. We're self-employed, and we didn't even get a mention. All down through the years, all the promises self-employed would be looked at. We didn't even get a mention. 
in this year's budget uh, again. But there was a fair increase, though. Uh, a fair, nail a fair increase. It was our was our taxes lowered, or or the, the pay that we pay was that lowered? No, no. Like a lot of other people, yeah. do we get double bubble? Like a lot of other people, will we get a Christmas bonus? Like something? Not at all. And tell me, why did you say? Why did you say you feel sorry for people who work nights? Because what they have to put up with now, Neil. Neil, long ago, when you were driving taxis at night time, okay, somebody did somebody a gig on Patrick Street, and it was a, a bit of a shuffle and a scuffle, and it was all over. They're pulling knives now. They're pulling knees and such, you know. They're pulling. Bobby told you there, there was two taxi drivers on McCurtain Street last week, robbed by a knife. Yeah. There was one in Blackpool last year. There was one uh, just before, actually, before the summer. It's happening all the time. Some of the lads don't report it. They might be embarrassed. Huh? It might be too much. Uh, they might be traumatised. They might be just saying they're not doing this anymore. Neil, I gave, I, I gave up nights and I loved it. And anybody that knew me knew I was a seven, eight a week person. Why'd you give up? Time. Why'd you give up? Because I had an incident outside Angus' Street one night down to the Bannonock Road. I had three guys got into the car uh, just after three o'clock outside Angus' Street. Um, I was I was belted by one of them. Three of them ran. They all blamed each other. They went back over CCTV in Angus Street outside the Garda station, and their, their CCTV wasn't working. The Garda t- CCTV wasn't working. Yes, good wasn't God. Angus. So imagine outside their own Garda station on Angus Street, our main Garda station for the whole city. Their CCTV. So what chance have you now? So that assault led you to stop doing nights. Yes, I said, it's not worth this. I have a young child. What am I doing? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I had to find other options. No, thankfully, Neil, I found other options. And I'm quite happy doing what I'm doing now. Yeah. Absolutely. I still have my taxi. I take, um, I do a school run. And I'm very happy to be doing that. It suits because I have a young child in school as well. But for the lads that are still, and I've worked with a lot of those lads, for them, I feel sorry for them. Because as I said, there was a time to be scuffling about somebody might pay you this. They're pulling knives on you know, Link. And why has it got so bad where you'd only have heard the odd runner before? We haven't got the police, the Garda, to police it. But why is this? Okay, that's to police the criminals when they commit crime or assault. But if you just wind back the clock before it, why why is there more assault, more knife crime, more robberies? Why are people beating up taxi drivers? There's more addiction. There is more addiction then. There is more addiction now. People are on their knees in this country with addiction of all sorts. I'm not just talking about drunks. It's alcoholism, it's it's uh, gambling, it's uh, pressure of life, not being able to cover their own costs. Look at the rising costs. It's it's a factor of a lot of things. The government in this country needs to go back to the root of the problem. Which is what? Causing more problems. They need to open a lot more counselling. They need to put their heads into a lot more counselling for people. Lost souls that have taken the wrong road, God love them. Um, they need to sort out our, 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 our housing crisis. They need to, and they need definitely, definitely to do something for the guards in this country. I would 100% be behind them being tax free for a year or two so that they can get more in. Give them something. Well, that's interesting. You, you mean that Garda Shikana should pay no tax? Yes. I genuinely, honestly, my own opinion, think they shouldn't, or even a very minimum one, 
they're serving the people of this country. Never heard somebody suggest that before. That's an interesting yeah, one. Well, you know, man, they're serving the people of this country. And if we had a lot more of them, that uh, would give them some reason to go into that job. If we had a lot more of them. But then you'd have a nurse saying that they wanted a lower tax rate. You'd have a doctor saying that. You'd have a fire brigade saying it. Uh, Neil, come on. Nurses aren't on to the danger that the guard face every night. True enough. Yeah, no, no, it's interesting. I haven't heard that before. Maybe that could reverse... Push, push, push the guy, push more people. You saw the video <laughs> footage of your man up on Bishop Lucy Parkage on the South Main Street. Did you see I that did. one? I did. I Good did. God Almighty. It's incredible yeah. what's going on in the city. And the guards, Smashing uh, into your man's I mean, car with a brick. I mean, long go, they don't have, they're not allowed. Like, the guards nowhere. They bring them into court then. And, oh, this fella had an off look bringing them. This one fell, this and this one done, this and this one done. And then it's, okay, so look, here's a fine. Here's a probation. Be a good boy for 12 months. What's yeah. the, where are you going with that? Being a good boy for 12 months. Less than a week later, see the fella back out doing the same thing again. Their hands are tight. Their hands are tight. I, be, I honestly and genuinely think if they got more police to police this country in a lot of things, rules, regulations, they're there, they need to be followed. Okay. If they got a lot more in, if they gave them a reason to come in, if they gave them a bigger salary or less work, better working conditions, and 45% of our problems in this city, in this country, actually, would be fixed. Okay, thank you for that. Let's see what people make of your thank contribution you. this morning. Mind okay. yourself, Pam. We got calls after the break. Hold on there. We got Liam and Bernadice, Bernadice standing by. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 104 106. Cork's Red FM. Okay, Liam Bonner was in the business for years, as in pubs and nightclubs. Morning, Bonner. Good morning, Neil. How uh, are you? I'm good. Um, you've been calling for this change for years, you're saying. It's finally arrived. Why Why Ab- were you calling absolutely. for change? Well, I mean, uh, you know, when, when you know, like like I and so many other people visited, you know, I, I, when I lived in Spain and that many years ago, it, it was always so civilised when you realise, you know, people go out later, they can, they can drink later, they can get home later. In other words, when they're leaving, you're leaving the nightclub, it was open at 6 o'clock, the lovely thing is you're there till 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, you've had enough, you leave. It's nice and civilised. You go outside the door, there's a taxi, you go home. Like the, 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 so for want of a better word, it's staggered. It's staggered and it's so civilised. And you, 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 it's very hard to handle when you see the likes of Ireland and the UK. You know, the UK has sort of changed it in more recent years. But, you know, that volume, the massive amount of volume hitting the streets. How many people pour out of pubs and nightclubs in Cork at half, two, three o'clock in the morning? Full of drink, full of aggression, trying to get all the same cabs, get all, trying to get a burger. And it leads to, it leads to fights, it leads to a disaster. And, oh, and, and, right, that's interesting. So it will have a more steady flow as opposed to everybody piling out at the same time. Absolutely, I, I've been saying it for years and years. It's 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 lovely and steady. Everybody, you know, it comes in. No one ever at age. I won't exactly be doing nightclubs at six o'clock in the morning anymore. But, um, <laughs> I'll give it a lash sometime. All right, though. But it's uh, you know, and it's so civilized. Everybody just go. You know, they go into this time and next night we've had enough. It's four o'clock. Come on, we go home. You go outside. The taxis are all in their ranks. They're queued up. It's civilized. Yes, but if you go to any of those Spanish cities or Italian cities or Greek cities or Turkish cities or French cities. They got lots of police on the streets. We don't. They, 
They do, but remember as well, no, Neil, this is people, when you're talking, anybody the likes of yourself and that visiting these places would be summertime in the height of the boom, you know, with, with loads of tourists. When I lived in Spain, even, you know, in the winter, the, in the, the height of winter, you know, your nightclubs. And re- re- you got to remember as well, Neil, this is only Friday and Saturday night. About what that lady was saying, you know, kids getting on the bus and being drunk staggering out of a nightclub at 7 o'clock and they're on the same bus. That's not going to happen. How do you know? You know? I mean, it's pos- perfectly capable of happening if the club finishes at 6, your man's off his head on shots and he goes for something to eat he's technically easy enough to be on a bus at half seven in the morning langers well I'd say the reality is if they're talking like clubs I don't think they'll be going, that that's going to happen during the weeknights I mean the reality is it's going to be a Friday and Saturday night there's not going to be kids on school buses the next day to be sure of that you know um, and it, it's you know and, and it's, um, it, it's it's just so, you, so much worse you, you, one interesting text from a Republican said uh, not only is this going to be an issue with regards to alcohol abuse but it will also increase the amount of people using drugs in public that it will only spike further with the longer hours. I am told that a lot of a night out for many people now is lines of cocaine in the smoking area or the toilet. That we have a, he said we have a pandemic of cocaine in pubs. Well, you see, that's, I mean, the reality is, Neil, that's, you, you, it's all, that's, always, that's always been there, and it always will. It's always that underlying belly, on, on that undercurrent. That's always going to be there, you know? And the reality is, when you take, I mean, okay, the other example, if you get a gang of kids that are all in their mid-20s and they're all going to pop and pills and doing lines of coke on a Friday and Saturday night, and they kicked out of a nightclub at 3 o'clock in the morning, they're all still up for a party. Thus, when you see all this carry on, then going to people's, you know, in the, in, into residential areas, throwing parties, friends coming along, fights are caused, all this other drama. Suddenly, they're, they're all confined. They're confined to an area. They're confined, it's like Sir Henry's years ago. You know, the, the, it, all that madness of the drug scene and all that yeah, back then ecstasy. was in one area and it was contained. And no, no, it's the same. Leave them at it. You'll know, and they, they, they'll know the ones that are party there at 6 o'clock in the morning to get the last... Well, the taxi drivers won't party. work it. The buses aren't going to be there. You know, there's snow. But people will get around it because you got to remember there, there's enough taxis. So people will stagger taxis. You'll have a lot of taxis now that would start at four in the morning five in the morning you know that sort of way so what people will work around it but i'm telling you no most of that will be all positive it's it's um most of that will be all taken as very positive and that's the reality that people have got to accept the change and we got to move forward it's been decoded stupid laws for many years you know all right my man and it, it, it's it's changeable and it's for the it's, it, it'll be for the positive believe me you know okay okay well we're going to get the staff then well, I mean, that's the other thing. People will find a way. They've got to pay them better. They've got to be paid better, and they've got to be paid, and they've got to be guaranteed a taxi at the door to take them home when they finish work and so on, you know? People will just adjust to it. You know, it's like anything. It changes. It's, it is what it is now, but it's, been, it's wrong now. It's one wrong quick one there, if you don't mind. I need to talk to Bernadette mm-hmm. before 11. Bernadette, go ahead. Yep. Stay there, Stay there, Bonner, if you don't mind. Go ahead. Okay. What, what are your thoughts on this? How are you? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Bernadette. How are you, Neil? Good, thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. I'm glad that the gentleman that was speaking is still, still on the line. Um, to be quite honest about it, I don't know what he's talking about. It's a load of bullshit in my eyes. Why um, did you say that? Because like, he's, he's trying to say that everything that's going to be going on is going to be positive. What's going Crazy, crazy phone system here. I just don't get it. Oh man, I don't get it. I just don't know what happens. <sighs> anyway, we'll go back and see if I can get it back again. Are you there, Bernice? Bernadette? Yes, I'm okay. here. Is there any chance you could talk to me just after 11? I'll do that. Please, please. thank you. I'll thank you. That. I need to sort this out. Come back after 11. Text 0868104106. We'll pick it up after 11.
Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features, and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show Okay Bernadies, thank you so much for holding on I appreciate it, you wanted to pick up on our conversation this morning, changing the licensing hours, longer pub opening clubs till 6am, go ahead Well Neil, I just can't get my head around it as I said um, no matter what way I try and just try to figure out if it would be good for the for the country or for the city I believe that it won't. No, not in a million years. I mean, it's going to cause nothing but trouble. Fights in the street. There's going to have to be extra guards either. And it's going to be causing fights. You can see, you'll find this out with bouncers and people that are trying to get in. There's going to be court cases because of this. Well, the the ANDs at the weekend would be impacted, surely, if people have more reasons to stay out later and to drink more or get into more trouble, right? Well, Neil, it's like this. We say on a Sunday night, we say there's college students going into these clubs. Now, on a Monday morning, they're going to be going into college and they're going to be half pissed. If they're going to be out at 6 o'clock in the morning and they have to be into college for 8.30. And what the lady said there as well earlier on about the buses, that is going to happen. The buses, drunks on the bus yeah. with kids going to school. But surely, that's very, but surely that's very extreme though. Neil, there's nothing extreme about this when you're speaking about your family, your kids and your grandkids. Now, I think something like this, if we're going to be affected by it, I think something like this should be put to a vote. But we're only catching up with the rest of the world, really, where people should be allowed to socialise responsibly when they want. But Neil, there's nothing wrong with the way that we are at the moment. Ireland is known for the way we are at the moment. We don't have to be catching up with nightclubs and trouble and things like that. Like, we're a small country. The rest of the world, they have plenty of guardy on the streets and everything else. And look, I just don't believe that it's going to be good for the city. Mm, mm. It's going to cause nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble. Yeah. There's going to be nothing else happen, only trouble with this. But it's it's about it's about time that a pub should be allowed to stay open in the suburbs of the city and serve a pint at half twelve at night, surely. A lot of people go out later. Particularly in rural Ireland, they go out later. So that's okay, though, isn't it? That's okay. But, Neil, we're talking about the city now. Where, like, you know, we just say there's a gang of guys and girls that are after being out for the night. And it's time to go into one of these clubs. Now, not one of those girls or guys are going to say no to it because they don't want to be a party pooper. So no matter what they would have on the next day, they're going to say, okay, they're going to go along. And yeah. it's not only going to college, it's going to work it's on a Monday. The, yeah, and on top of that, there's a safety issue, I suppose, as well. It's not the safest city in the world at night. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. going to be, like, there's going to be attacks on women probably go be higher. There's definitely going to be uh, fights, court cases. Like, there's going to be bouncers arguing they're going to be tired at that time of the morning. They don't want to be taking any shit from anybody mm. that's going to be coming up to the door trying to get in and won't go away. Mm. Because mm. their friends are in there. 
they're not going to be taken that so there's going to be a lot of arguments on that side of it as well Okay, thanks for that thanks for holding on thank you Bernadette appreciate it more calls on the way text as well after the break Get it off your chest Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 104 Red FM A load of texts on this in the last hour or so WhatsApp is back as well Clubs staying open till 6am will be a disaster more crime more people going to hospitals and places paying more for electricity and utilities never mind the cost of staffing and security insurance will go up too it's a bad idea there are no police walking around in the city centre as is to deter crime. It's a disaster waiting to happen. Just wait and see. I'll come back to all of those. Here's an interesting one. I think this is a, a typical Cork humour. Besides taxi licence tests, is it mandatory that taxi drivers have to be the biggest pessimistic moaners in the entire country? <laughs> I hope taxi drivers find that funny. <laughs> He's suggesting that they're pessimistic and moaning all the time. Do you remember I referenced some video that I shared with you over the weekend? This is a guy with the brick, right? He's trying to break into um, the uh, driver's size w- side window of a car on South Main Street, just at the back entrance to Bishop Lucy Park. So he's trying to break in the driver's window with the brick, but the dope can't do it, right? So he goes, now, I probably shouldn't call him a dope because he could well have issues in his life and there could be addiction. I don't know. But anyway, after several attempts, he then goes around to the other side of the car and he manages to smash the brick through the front passenger window in what can only be termed a, a smash and grab. Would you believe that he must have spotted four euro in cash inside in the car? And that's why he smashed in the window to get at it. He was that desperate to get at the four euro cash. Chris says the city is no longer safe. The reason being is that criminals can do what they like and just receive suspended sentences. There's nothing at all to deter them from committing crime anymore. Show the government that video, Neil, because they don't have a clue what's going on around the country in real time. Morning. My car was broken into in my driveway for a profit of just a two euro coin, which I kept for a shopping trolley, says Natasha. I mean, that is just an incredible text. The car smashed into just to get a two euro coin. But anyway, the backstory to this is that that was a company car belonged to Sarsfield Keating and Sars joins me by phone. Sars, good morning. Good morning. And the company is, it's the carpet company on the South Main Street, is that right? That's correct, Sless and Company. Sless. My God, you guys have been in business for decades and decades. So what do you make of this? Like, what happened? It was totally shocking. Um, And only for the students, they're the only people there that seem to take interest in the whole thing because this guy was out in the street with a block, which I presume he picked up in Bishop Lucy Park because it's similar to the, the kind of paving blocks that they use in there. And there was three cars in the loading bay at the time. Why he selected mine, I have no idea because I know you said for the four or five euro he got, there was actually a measuring tape over the over the coins. So the coins wouldn't have been visible if he took the measuring tape, he'd have cost me more money than in terms of my loss. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But um, he, he, there was a, a student, uh, a Canadian student there, Abdel, I think his name is, in in the student block, and he heard a, a loud bang on the street, and he turned around and saw this guy, and he immediately switched on his camera, and he got him throwing the brick twice more at the, wind, at the side window, which, uh, again... It's, it's a sign of the strength of the window that's because the brick is quite a heavy brick. Yeah, oh, it just bounced off the driver's side window. Bounced back at him right away, hit him. It could have hurt him, but anyway, he the traffic stood and watched, 
amazingly, did nothing about it. There wasn't a horn blown, there was nothing done. And when he walked onto the footpath on the passenger side to throw the brick, the the traffic just moved on up the street. And this amazingly. is midday on a Wednesday in broad daylight eight, on the eight, South Main Street. Eight minutes past five o'clock in the afternoon. I'm sorry, was it that time? I thought it was midday. Yeah. So per- no, busy, busy traffic then. Busy traffic on the street, yes. South Main Street can be quite busy in the evening time or late afternoon. And um, then he, he, he did smash the window and instead of opening the door, which he could have done having the window gone, he climbed in and searched for the money. Um, and I found one of the euros actually in the broken glass in the seat afterwards when I was hovering it out. But um, he, didn't get, he didn't get very much, just a small few coins. And uh, literally just pocketed what he got and walked off up the street as if nothing happened. Um, yeah. And the brazenness of it in, in, in broad daylight. Yeah, and as I say, he was stopping the traffic and he even waved the traffic to go on and up past them. <gasps> you know, and, my God. You know, it's insane. couldn't have cared less. Yeah. And you, th- you, um, you wouldn't be necessarily expecting anybody to get out of their car and tackle him, but you'd expect somebody to start blowing the horn or start shouting at him or something, wouldn't you? Something. I, 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 yeah. It's just, it's just amazing to see the traffic being held up, watching it, and then literally... Sorry, would you mind holding your car back a while? I want to rob this car. Yeah. I want to smash this window. I mean, it's not funny. No, no, no. It is shocking, given the, the timing of it, because I think I said it on, on some other media there that my mum had passed away and we buried her on the Tuesday and then this happened on the Wednesday. And I, I used the car for calling to uh, customers' homes to measure measure up all the time. And I was just, 10 minutes later, I was gone on the road. I had four appointments made and I just had to cancel them. And I, I was shaken because, as I say, I I'd lost the previous four days due to a bereavement. And yeah. it was all shocking. Do you lose faith in society and the way it's going? To, to, yeah, I mean, I can't believe it because I, I, I've often thought, what would I do? Was I sitting in the van or whatever, right? I definitely would have drawn attention to it. I, 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 I'm not sure what I've got out of the, the van and tackled them, but I would have certainly blown my horn or, or done something, you know. Yeah. I wouldn't have stood and watched anyway, and I certainly wouldn't have driven off without causing some sort of um, alarm to be set off, you know. So it's Even also the fact that people whatever. just did not intervene or try to help or to stop him. They just didn't Absolutely want to get involved. Yeah. No, yeah. no, except for a few students. The students, believe it or not, were the people who reacted. What did they uh, do? Well, there was a girl on the street there, and she, she actually came into me and said, do you own the car that's across the street there um, with your name in it? And I said, yes, and by the time I went out, he was gone, but she was the first to come in. And then I had two more students came with videos that they had taken from the upper floors of the apartment next door to me. And I had one male individual came in as well, and he was a pedestrian. And he said he had rang the guards. Oh, well, thank you. For, I was going to ask you that. People seem to be very busy filming things, but does anybody dial 999? You say somebody one, did. One, one, one man, as it turned out, he told me that his mother was a very good friend of my mother's um, but this man would have been middle aged like I mean he wasn't a student you know um, but he told me he had called the guards a lot of texts from this when we shared it and many of them were pointed towards the fact that this guy was probably out of it and very very badly in addiction with possibly heroin and will go to any lengths for any small amounts of money to feed the habit yeah well it's a, uh, the video I think has been circulated quite a lot and it, it's quite unbelievable the amount of attempts he made to get into the car and the trouble he made to get into it. Um, I wouldn't know whether he was addicted or not, but it was, it was certainly. And then when the guards were called, I mean, it took a while for the guards to come, and eventually two guards walked up from, I, I think they came up from the Bible, even though I, told, I was told one was attached to Anglesey Street. Yeah. But, um, 
And then they, they were they were lucky. I think they got fairly good CCTV from the Oval Bar because he walked he walked around the corner of the Oval onto Tucky Street. Yeah, and they have CCTV there looking down on the street. So they got so a good the they got a good facial recognition of him, did they? I, I believe so. No, I haven't seen it, but the guard yeah, indicated yeah, me that yeah. he could. Yeah, he got so you're left with the consequences of, of course, to get the window repaired and. Undoubtedly, you'll do that out of your own pocket. You wouldn't be going for insurance because it'll put up your premium and all that kind of stuff. Well, Niels, when you see the cost of the, the repair, right? Initially, I was told that the windows were 600 euros each. Um, no, I don't believe they're that at the moment because it's, it's gone in for repair now. But the insurance company then informed me that glass breakage had a maximum cover of 300 euros. I wasn't aware of that. Mm. I thought when you tick the box that you're covered for glass breakage, that you're covered for glass breakage mm. I didn't believe that there, or didn't know that there was a 300 euro cap in it um, the only thing is and, and thankfully for the students that it's not a glass breakage it's a theft so it's covered under fire and theft Is it problematic that area no disrespect to the businesses there and your own business that has been thriving for years but Bishop Lucy Park the back area of that do you notice much yeah. carry on there? Yeah there, there can be on certain days there can, there can be the Bit bad behaviour from individuals shouting and kicking at one another, um, probably with some drink or something else involved there, hanging around the park. But the kind of violent uh, behaviour I saw this man doing, I've not witnessed anything like that. Yeah, before. the blatant brazenness of it in the middle of the day in traffic, holding up the traffic while he wants to smash in the window. Uh, and and uh, uh, the brick, I don't believe the brick was on the street, so he must have picked the brick up somewhere and carried it to the place with the intention of doing what he did to someone, some car somewhere. Why he picked mine, I don't know, and I will never know, you know. Okay, our sympathies with your loss, incidentally, Sars. Thanks so much for, yeah. for taking the call, appreciate it. Be interesting no to know if the guards follow up or they come back to you on that. People would like to know, you know. Well, hopefully they, hopefully they will. All hopefully right. they will. Okay. Um, and I, I thanks Neil for leaving me highlight the situation as well because I mean it, it, guys like him like we don't know who he's next going to hit or what he's next going to do well it know. might necessarily be a car window it could be a person or a pensioner or somebody on their own that desperate um, to get money they go to all sorts of extremes you know absolutely absolutely you know right, but okay. I suppose onwards and upwards Neil we just go on with it and carry on and please God everything will work out best. thanks Sars thank you got a lot of carpets from you guys down through the years and uh, delighted yeah. you're still going strong thanks for taking the call thanks Neil Cheers. thank you very God much bless. this is the reason why drug use and dealing shouldn't be tolerated soft approaches lead to these kind of crimes and eventually we have areas of the city that become no-go zones says Peter Ray says our judicial system is a joke garden numbers are way below what they should be with young Gardaí resigning and leaving the force on top of the retirements. So I doubt anything will change anytime soon. Common sense is do not leave anything of value in plain sight in your car. They'll take anything and sell it for a quick fix, says Ray. Good point, though, and people shouldn't leave bags or phones or money or laptops or anything expensive or anything in their car. But in all fairness to SARS, you know, there was four euro in it covered by a measuring tape. The city is chronic these days, not a bit safe anymore, even during daylight, says Janet. And Stephanie says, it's just not a safe place. Stand there for an hour and look around. It's a terrible place to be. Michal Martin is more interested in what's going on in O'Connell Street in Dublin, says Noel. These days, when you park your car in town, you really have to think how safe it will be, says Sean. Uh, and Kim says, it's not a safe place anymore. I don't even bring my kids into the city. You'd want to be off your game to go into town, Neil, as most people in there are exactly that, off their game. The Neil-
Neil Brenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday, 0818-104-106. Okay, just time to reflect to yesterday's program, and I'll bounce back to text from this morning. Hopefully this morning, if not, uh, I'll do it tomorrow. But some of the updates now with regards to uh, refugees coming in from Ukraine. Huge response to it yesterday. I'm not going to be revisiting much of that because we just deal with, uh, you know, uh, the updates regarding the story this morning, where they're now talking about increasing the payment for hosting Ukrainians from 400 a month in the home to 800 a month in the home and also the building of modular homes which we touched on yesterday and many of them will be down to house 250 to 300 Ukrainians down in Mahan. So they have to double the amount of money that would be paid to uh, try and coax people to take refugees because we have no more space. At present there's up to 1500 refugees arriving into Ireland every week and it will not be capped. So I was doing some more research on this yesterday afternoon and uh, there was a lot of quotes actually down to Michael McGrath, the minister, he says that 55,000 people have fled Ukraine and have come to Ireland since February, right? 55,000. 42,000 of them are being accommodated in state paid accommodation and 5,000 or so are living in pledged accommodation, right? So on top of that, how does it impact on the economy? 43,000 medical cards have been given uh, to Ukrainians. 12,000 Ukrainian children are attending Irish schools and they're putting the cost to the exchequer of supporting the Ukrainian drive to house and mind refugees for this year to the Irish state at 1 billion euro. Now, I think there's some consolation in that is is that there is a fund from the European Union that pays a proportion of that. But the cost to the exchequer um, is a billion uh, for 2022. So I've mentioned that the number coming in um, will will not be capped. Ireland will not be going to the European Union nor the Ukraine government to say that we can no longer take Ukrainian refugees. And Michael McGrath even um, acknowledged that again in the last 48 hours. So the number arriving now is 1,500 a week. They have an equal problem in the UK where they've also run out of spaces. But somebody asked me yesterday, the arrangement in Ireland with regards to Ukrainian refugees and, you know, the assistance they're given, is that the same across other European countries? And I found that an interesting question. So I went away and I researched it yesterday. And the EU has given Ukrainian refugees the right to live and work across Europe for three years. All right. And that includes in every EU member country access to healthcare, education, housing, and also welfare payments. So you got six million Ukrainian refugees have crossed the border into Europe. But then I was working out, or at least Seamus was working out, what kind of a payment would be made, say, if you compare Ireland to the UK? Well, it would be whatever the benefits in that country would be. If benefits in Ireland would apply to a Ukrainian the same as it would to an Irish person, the benefits in the UK would apply to a Ukrainian refugee the same as it would somebody in the UK and France. So benefits differ from country to country. Um, I, can, I can drill into some of those if you wish as to the comparisons regarding the, the benefits. But yesterday morning, there was a twist in the sense that Ukrainian refugees staying in a Cork hostel are very unhappy with the arrangement there for lots of different reasons, but one of them had to do with the food that they were being served. If you heard yesterday morning's program, many people listening are quite exasperated about that. You know, three square meals a day, 
even if it was the same food. And the problem was that much of it is literally being thrown out and uneaten. So big responses to that. Amongst them was from Derek Bly, who's been on in the past. And he's a bit like me. He's Marmite. Um, either you agree and like what he has to say or you don't. But he joins me again by phone. Derek, good morning. Can you hear Neil, me? Right? How are you getting on? Good, good. I good. can hear you fine. Yeah, can you hear me? All right? I can. Thanks for holding. Appreciate it. So that's by no, way. Or... That's by way of setting the scene as to what's happened over the past twenty four hours or so. Your your thoughts on all this? You're probably saying, "I told you all so." Is it? Look, I don't want to say I told you so, but I thought it was fantastic yesterday. It did uh, the narrative that I've been pushing. Fierce favour yesterday, right? That the only Ukrainian refugee that she could find to come on the air was a Pakistani male, right? That's sick of eating pork. I thought that was just the the cherry on top of the cake. There you know? were, there um, were, no, there were texts as well from women in hostels but, uh, who didn't you know, necessarily want to come just to hear a Pakistani man uh, speaking on the air, claiming to be a refugee coming from Ukraine was, was just hilarious, I found. So, you know, well done for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that goes We were told from the beginning that the males had to stay in Ukraine to fight the war. Right? And now it came out in the Irish Examiner yesterday that 39% of all people coming into the country from Ukraine are young men. So I think that lie that we were fiddled with at the start has been well and truly blown open. Right. It's, a, it's a complete load of nonsense right, that we were fed and I think we've been sold to pop. Right. So um, just, just to recap, do you have a problem with refugees being here or are you saying that we have enough of them or that we should put right. the Irish We have enough first? of them. You, uh, we should have housed our own people first. Right. When every man, woman and child in this country, from this country, that has made this country their home for an extended period of time, is housed and has a roof over their head and a safe bed, then we can open up our arms to the rest of the world. But it has to be, it has to be reasonable numbers. Right, we've already taken up to 60,000 people from Ukraine and I was on your website this morning and I was reading an article that the government is now reaching into all of our pockets right, and is going to build housing for another 60,000 people when we've got official numbers, um, right, it, it almost 11,000. It could go north of 100,000 refugees. Yeah, they have yeah. said that they will not cap it. They can't cap it. Other European countries won't cap it. So they have to come up with some kind of a solution. We did a poll yeah. actually uh, overnight on Twitter. Asked the question, the government may are going to double the payment for hosting Ukrainian refugees' families. Uh, it's believed that the government may introduce the payment for those hosting Ukrainians from 400 to 800 a month. Uh, we asked the question, do you think that this will alleviate the pressure? And 81% of the people who voted said, no way, it's not going to change anything. Shouldn't happen. Yeah. The point I'm trying to make here, Neil, is, right, why couldn't we do this for our own people up till now? Why could we not find housing, but all of a sudden we can absolutely destroy our economy, right? We can destroy social cohesion to accommodate you know, hundreds of thousands of people from, from one particular war. Because Why didn't we do this for the Afghanistan war? Why didn't we do it for the Iraqi war? Why didn't we do it for the Syrian war? 
all of a sudden, no, we need to absolutely upscuttle the whole country just to house hundreds of thousands of people from Ukraine. Well, it's, it not, hundred, no it's not hundreds of thousands. Come on. Well, you said it could be north of 100,000 yeah. people coming. So add that to what's here now. That's hundreds of thousands of people. Is it a case that if the lifeboat is full, you might want to take more on board but you just can't. When you're full, you're full. And you just have Neil, to say, we can't stop. do it. We can't do it anymore. I've, I've people messaging me on a daily basis saying that they've got no place to live and it's all Irish people. I've people right, that are living in absolute squalor. Right? I've people that can't find school places for their kids. Right? I've people that can't find a doctor. They cannot get a doctor's appointment because... Uh, the doctor's books are completely full. Um, we've allowed these people right, to come in. Um, and and uh, can I just make myself clear? I do not have a problem with Ukrainians. It's, it's the double standards between them and us. Right? They're allowed to draw social welfare, work. They've been given free housing, free food. Uh, it's, not, free, it's, not free. Free, it's not free housing. I mean, the situations they find themselves in are far from ideal. Whether it's a hostel Me, or a bed uh, and breakfast or whether it's a... a well, I know, dormitory. but that's all we have. But that's all we have. We, we've, we've, we've thousands of people around the country right, that would love those hostel beds. We love we thousands of people around the country that would love those uh, potatoes, pork and chicken dinners, right? That, that Yassir from Pakistan right, doesn't want to eat. All right, we've these guys driving around the countryside in cars with no tags in their windows. They've no tax. They've no insurance. All right, they've no test. Right. Meanwhile, it's how, do you, how, do you know, how do you know all of that? Because I spoke to a sergeant in the policing, uh, the roads policing department, right, and he told me there is no mechanism. Oh, they, they have Ukrainian Ukrainian cars here. You're saying. The Ukrainian cars, they have no mechanism in this country to check Ukrainian insurance, right? Now, we've got cars from that country driving around these roads with seven months. How many of those cars' insurance has lapsed in the meantime? And those people are saying, well, what's the point in paying for new insurance? Right, the guards aren't going to check our insurance. Yeah, but do you accept at all that they're fleeing war and for many of them their no. houses are gone, they're bombed no, to bits? No, no. Absolutely not. That myth has also been blown wide open. But you're, not, West, you're not watching the video footage coming out of Ukraine for the past eight months. Of main, if the, the mainstream media have been right, have been lying about this since you're not, the beginning. You're not a war there's, denier, surely be to God on top of it. No, there is a war in the east of the country. There is no war in Kiev. There's no war in Lviv. There's no war in Odessa. So what's the attraction then for taking your aged parents or yourself and your children all the way across Europe to come over here and stay in a hostel? Free stuff. Like Free what? Stuff. Like what? Free stuff. The welfare that they're getting in this country is four times the national average wage in Ukraine. It's four times. Right? So, so, what, um, so what if every refugee of working age that was here had to work, we have a labour shortage here, that there would be no free welfare, that if you come here and receive welfare, we're crying out for workers, skilled Neil, and unskilled. It's not the, war, it's not the employment. In order to the receive problem, the welfare. No, 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 I'm talking about giving something back, that if you're here and you're getting benefits, you must work for them, not sit around all day doing nothing. 
Well, that's exactly what they're doing. I was up in Bruff the other day, right, in County Limerick. There's right, a refugee centre has been put right, right beside right, a primary school. And there's upwards of 300 people inside there. And if you, if you stand on the streets of Bruff County Limerick, all you're seeing is Ukrainian refugees walking up and down the street all day with bags of shopping. Right? I spoke to some of the parents. They said they're inside in this area called the Grove. They're drinking. The guards had to go there the other day because there was a big party going on. Right? Yeah, but we're well capable of drinking in public ourselves. We're, we're well capable, but why are we adding more people into that mix, right? If, if, if I want to train my kids um, soccer or, or GAA, I have to go get Garda vetted, right? But we're okay to drop uh, 300 mostly males, may I add, right beside a primary school in Bruffin County, Limerick, and that's A-okay. Yeah, but they may not be refugees from Ukraine. They could be. They're all from Ukraine. They're all, they're all from Ukraine. I listen to them talking, right? They're speaking Ukrainian. And you, you, know, so you, know, you know the difference between Ukrainian and another Eastern European language? Yeah, well, I know right, they're not Polish. So they're either Russian or Ukrainian. Okay. And, okay. right, we're not taking Russian refugees. Okay. okay. We're taking Ukrainian well, well, refugees. Somebody's, somebody's uh, saying here, why did we never hear of Derek Bly? And, and I get criticized for putting you on the air, incidentally. You're probably aware of that. Why didn't geez, we hear from wish you had me on more. Why didn't we hear from Derek Bly before the Ukrainians arrived if he claims not to be racist? He only seems to have been protesting since they arrived. We've had the same homeless crisis for years and never heard from you before that. Yeah. Why not? Well, if they if they opened their eyes, right, they would have heard from me. I've been right, out in the boat for years. Uh, it's the Ukrainian crisis, right, that kind of brought me to the top, right, because of what happened in my own hometown here in Mitchellstown in uh, Kingston College, right, where we had homeless families already in the town. It's exasperating. But the Anglican Church decided to open up eight properties that house only Ukrainians. I offered my assistance in doing up the houses if they agreed to house half Irish, half Ukrainian. That's not an unreasonable uh, demand. But they refused. They said it's all Ukrainian, not even one house. But you, but you, but you, never, but you never had a problem with direct provision, did you, before all of this, where people were coming in and applying for asylum? And most, most, most nine, right, up to 90% of all asylum cases are refused in this country. Did yeah, you know that? It, yeah, but it takes a long, long time for that to happen, and not all of them they, were refused. But, I mean, you didn't they, have a problem they, when, when other European nations came over here to work and to live and to claim benefits. No, I've no, no the problem issue seems with all with Lithuanians. The, the issue yeah. seems to be when there's a, a war and they're fleeing war. Right. You right. Really Georgia, Georgia, there's no, there's no war in Georgia. Yet, yet 40% right, of the International Protection Agency um, refugees are coming from Georgia. They're coming from Somalia. They're coming from Nigeria. They're coming from Congo. We cannot take all of these people. We cannot house them. We've no more room, but now the government seems to have, have loads of money, right, to build specialist houses for these people, right, when they can't build houses for our own people. Mm. Yes, you know, we heard the news when, as well that the government are going to chase down county councils to chase down people with vacant properties. And the many and people I was listening to that. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Neil, I was, I'd like to jump in there with that. There's, there's no point. I was, listen, I was listening right, to Thomas Gould earlier, right? It was Thomas Gould, was it? He was talking about yeah. fixing up their 
buildings. There is no point in fixing up derelict buildings and seizing people's holiday homes unless we cap immigration. You can build, right, you can build 20, 25,000 houses a year. But when we're bringing in hundreds of thousands of people every single year from non-war zones only for economic reasons, you're never going to stay on top of that number. You're, there, you can build and you, you can fix up all the derelict houses you want. You're never going to get on top of that number unless we close our borders, deport the illegals, have mass deportations, Right and house our own people first, and whatever's well, left what over. What do you mean, deport the illegals? They have a process to go se- through, and their case has to be Seventeen? Se- no, there's no process going. Seventeen thousand right illegal migrants, right, were given amnesty to stay in this country last year by Helen yeah, McAfee. All, all of them. So seventeen thousand. Hang on a minute. I'm not all, of them, all of them will work. All of them will have families. It doesn't matter if they work. They broke the law to get into this country. 17,000 people broke the law to get into this country and Helen McEntee gave them a right to stay. Um, Nadim Hussain. Do you know that name, Neil? Yes, I do. Nadim Hussain, all right? He was a, a, an asylum seeker whose application was refused. He was, right, he was on the list to be deported. Right, went he on went hunger on strike. hunger strike. Yeah. He went on hunger strike for a few days. Right, and the government gave him leave to stay. Do you, do you, what kind of a message are we sending to people around well, the world? The, the all mes- all you have to do the, is the go to Ireland. Hang on a second. All you have to do is go to Ireland and throw a temper tantrum. Right, and you'll be allowed to stay in that country, and you can draw all the benefits you want. Right now he's working for an NGO. He's being paid by an NGO, and he's the front man for Sinn Fein. Well, I don't know anything about his political allegiances. Well, he's he's now aligned with there's right, no, a pro refugee no, no, NGO. There's, yeah, well, he, there's nothing wrong with being aligned with being pro refugee. He's illegal. Government. He's an illegal migrant. Okay, but you see, he should have been deported. Here, but here's, he, the, but here's he, the problem now. I get I get accused then of putting right wing racists on the air, starting off. You don't put me on enough. I said you don't put me on enough. When 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 Mick Barry when Mick Barry was holding his demonstration on the seventeenth of September, you advertised this demonstration on the hour every hour in the news and in your program. You did not do it. When every my demonstrate, you did every I, hour. I, I, I listened to your, it. I when, covered your demonstration. When, I promoted no, it. you didn't. That's unfair of you. you I text you every single day in the week leading up to my demonstration, and only on Friday at five minutes to twelve did you make an announcement for my demonstration after I put out a video by calling for my followers to contact you. So, well, so they, you don't, you do don't contact, give me no, enough. They do contact, no, I do give you plenty. They do contact me. Your followers yeah. do contact Good. me. Good. I'm glad they do. They're Absolutely. fantastic for they are. Yeah. And I mean, you're entitled to say what you have to say. But I'm entitled yeah. to tell you that there's a lot of pushback against what you say. That it's incitement to hatred, that it's racist, that it's oh, not look. kind. How many times have I told you these words don't work anymore? Hatred, racism, prejudice, it's not working anymore. These words only work when people are comfortable. Here's, here's one for you. Tip one. Tip, disgraceful platforming of racism and conspiracy uh, theories. As here we you, go. No, okay. second, as usual by you, Neil. So I, yeah. I get blamed for putting you on as if I have some sort of a pro Derek Bly agenda. When I have no agenda yeah. at all, I clearly can't put you on the air every day or every week for that. You know who I tell you, right, has a pro Derek Bly agenda? 
a growing section of society. They're sick to death of what's happening in this country. But right? what, and they're but all starting leads, to follow the leads, Ireland first model. But what if it leads to people being hurt? What if it leads uh, to I, violence? I, I have no... Right, right, I can't stop my words, right, because someone claims to be hurt. If they want to be hurt, that's their problem. That's their problem, right? Lots what? of things hurt my feelings, no, but I'm I don't about, I'm talking about physically hurt. Physically, I look, I'm not, right? Unless I'm directing violence at somebody, right? I have no say but in what's crime... the, towards the government who have really... It is towards the government. The government are responsible for this. Eamon have Ryan really and got Simon to Corbyn... The blame for this for decades. A- not just Eamon the war Ryan, in Ukraine. Eamon Ryan and Simon Coveney made statements before that this island is going to have 10 million people in it by 2040. Right? I believe there's a deliberate attempt to fill this, fill this country up with people um, not from Ireland. We're already on a, a declining birth rate. Right, you need two point one kids. But 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 we need but we couple. need we need to get people to come here to work. Or have you been blind to the They're fact that they're not working? I don't have a work. problem with them working. It's the housing is the problem and uh, the asylum and refugee racket. And that's exactly what it is. It's a racket. You've these you've these corrupt hotel owners around the country, right, who have well, been offered massive, I, massive sums of money to house people and they're all getting in on the scam. Yeah. It doesn't make them corrupt though for taking the Queen's or the King's shilling or the state's shilling. It's, it just yeah, means of course that it is, because it's my profit. money and it's your money. It's my money and it's your money and all people are suffering because of it. All people are suffering because of it, because all people are being put out. You already heard it the other day, right? They won't have refugees sleeping on the street. They won't have Ukrainians sleeping on the street. But it's no problem for Irish people to sleep on the street in their droves. You were talking yesterday about I can't, the 15 I, do you know something? I, I can't argue with that. I really don't yeah. have an answer to that. That is as clear to me. There was a man the, on your show that last is as clear Friday to me morning, as it is Neil. to everybody else. I understand there that. There was a man on your show last Friday morning was dragged out of his flat. Right? I yeah. listened to it, an yeah. Irish man who lived in that flat for 17 years. That's right. I, Where do you see Ukrainians or refugees being dragged out of buildings? I can't it argue with that. I, I just can't it argue doesn't. with that. I, I, I actually so, agree yeah. that there is, a, there is a serious disparity, really and truly. And I, I, I find it insane that all of a sudden they can find all of this money to pump 400 yeah. to 800 euro per month to take somebody into your home when they didn't have these emergency measures for the Irish for the last 10, 15 or 20 years. I, I yeah. understand. And they, and they have no plans to make them available for Irish people either. The government are the cause of all the problems in this country. The lockdowns they imposed caused the inflation. The inflation we're seeing today is the direct result of the lockdowns. The carbon tax, the sanctions on Russia, the green agenda are the cause of the fuel prices. You, you might be in darkness this winter directly because of government policies. Mass immigration is is the cause of the housing crisis, Neil. It's not supply, it's demand. Hold on on, on a second. Hold on a second. John. Yeah. Go ahead. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Neil, do we have to listen to this fellow anymore today? Because... Ah, come on, no, lad. Come here, you're getting everything off the internet and you're not living there. <laughs> you're saying Neil, people listen, come over here for social, you, you, social welfare and things. Yeah, you leave Ireland yeah. in the morning and go halfway across the world for a couple of hundred euros a week. You wouldn't. You're back. You're joking. It's a couple of hundred euros more you're than saying, what they're getting there. You're, you're saying all these cities across Europe or uh, <laughs> across the Ukraine aren't affected at all by the war. 
Neil, this is just another attempt now to throttle my opinion. Will you? Will you ever? You know, you have enough fellas like that on the air. Are you going to talk over me now? What I'm calling for. John, John, the further east you go, the lower the welfare is. That's a fact. Yeah, of course. There you go, John. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Derek, don't let yourself down now. Don't let yourself down. Go on, John. But sure, he can't help settling himself down, Neil. Because that's what he does every time he's on. He roars and shouts reasons. You know that there is a you know that there is a background narrative to what he's saying that people actually do support. Do you know that? And oh, more, I, I, do you know that more I and more know. people are sick to death of Ireland and the way it's being run and the way they're being treated. You know that people are fed up working for you know no money and can't rent a house and can't find a mortgage and can't get a doctor and can't get into. Just, what is it? Neil, why is it that we've no problem exporting thousands and thousands of our young people out of this country every single year because there's no houses? Yet, on the other hand, we've no problem building modular homes. I want to give John, firstly, an opportunity to respond, but I do understand what you're saying. But it's your anger is probably directed in the wrong area. That's all I'm saying. I'm not angry, I told you before, I'm focused. Neil, a few years ago, we had all these 10,000 people there in temporary accommodation. We were saying it was an absolute disgrace. You wouldn't put a dog in the hotels that they were going into. We're putting thousands of Ukrainians into the same places now, hotels all over the country, and we're saying, oh no, that's not good enough. Why aren't we putting the Irish there first? And I mean, that's ridiculous. They were either suitable for the Irish then, or they, or they weren't. Well, I have to say, I, I do know of people who call this radio program would be very happy in a hotel temporarily rather than couch surfing on their mother and father's bed or their mother and father's front room. But yet they, they can't. I would too. But I also know... I know of a lot of people that are just turned... I know of an awful lot of people who are desperate for somewhere, whether it's a hotel or a bed and breakfast or whatever the case may be, and they're just being ignored. Yeah, but I, we can't solve every problem. All we can do is look after the situation that's arisen. We have a situation where a country, a, terror, a terrorist or a tyrant, has invaded a country which is part of our East, part of the EU. Ukraine actually started that war, John. Whether we like it or not, there are brothers in the EU. And we have to look after them. They're not in the EU. Treaties. Who aren't in the EU? Not yet. Not Ukraine yet. aren't in the EU. No, they're not. But nor, nor did they start the war, Derek. Stop I doing that, will you? Uh, go back to 2014, Neil. I disagree with you. If, if, if you want to bring me on some other day, I'll get into an in-depth discussion on why uh, Ukraine with the EU and America that's, started the Maidan protest. That's a story for another day. I'm trying, it is. I'm, bring me on and I'll talk about it. Okay. Uh, Neil, what I'm calling for is this. Right? I've created... Oh, right, see, see what you did there now? You, you, you shouted down a guy who didn't even get an opportunity to finish what he wanted to say. He spoke. I thought he was finished. No, you shout people down. No, sure. No, you see, that's so I have to. You don't give me a chance to speak. But what do you that's call this? And I, you're on the air, like, but you shouldn't the shout people down. The last time you had me on, Neil, you had me on the back foot for a half an hour. I didn't get one chance to get my point across. In 34 minutes, I so, spoke to you the last time. You know, I didn't get a chance to get my point across. You hammered me with racism and hatred and angry and all this nonsense. But you, do you expect right? me you, to sit back and just live in a Disneyland world with you to agree with everything you say? You know that that's not how it works. Right. I have to challenge you. Do I... That's my job. I you do challenge me, but you don't, you don't give me an opportunity to get my points across. But I anyway, John, would you like to say something? No, you made uh, a lot of points this thanks morning. Thanks very much. You're very nice of you to give me, let me on your show there. Thanks. No, there, boy. You're t- he's 20 minutes on the phone or on your radio station there. And in fairness, he's shouting and roaring and throwing facts out from the internet and all that. But that's not, right. the, real, that's not the real life at all. What's wrong? But you, tell me one thing that's wrong that he's saying. 
Tell me one What's thing that an awful lot more people okay. aren't agreeing this, with them this, now than they did last Irish, month and the month this before. Irish for the, this Irish for the Irish and nobody else. I can't understand that. What's wrong with that? I can't understand that. <laughs> I get up every morning and I go to work every morning. I work morning, noon and night, right? I pay my taxes and everything. I have no problem when people are worse off than me, irregardless of what race. But, nationality or whatever. Okay. I have no problem with race, John. But, but hold on a second no then, John. Hold, hold on a second, John. Why then is the government in an absolute panic to solve a housing crisis for Ukrainian refugees, no disrespect to them, when there was no such panic and there was no such money in the huge quantities ever thrown at the housing problem and the crisis that we had for our own people. Why all of a sudden now? Is it because we want to be the poster boys of Europe? I don't understand this all of a sudden panic and uh, and, and, and we've got to fix this. We've got to make this right. We've got to make this right. But the problem aren't the Ukrainians. The problem aren't the refugees. The problem are the government. The government obviously chose not to do something up to now and now they feel they have to do it, whether it's EC pressure or whatever, EU pressure. The government should have been doing this all the time. I think we'd all agree on that. But we're singling out this one thing now, which just highlighted everything, and all it's doing is turning people off to Ukrainians. And the Ukrainians come over here with not a button to their name. They're leaving their homes, their families, they're leaving their country. They're arriving here with nothing. They come into the airport, they don't even know where they're going. But, why are they, but, but he makes an interesting point. Why is the proportion of them able-bodied Ukrainian men when I thought they were prohibited from leaving Ukraine? But how do we know they're able-bodied? Well, you had an example of a chap who was born... How do we, how do we know that I see fellas on news there too and I look at them and say, how come he's not fighting? He could be on the spectrum. He okay. could have a disability. He could have mental illness. <laughs> okay. He okay. could have all sorts. Yeah. You think these right. people are all fine, healthy people but, coming into the country? But, but, uh, oh, you listen, give me the final word, Neil. Yeah, go ahead. Final word. I'll come back in the morning. Um, yeah. Thanks, I'm John. putting a movement together, Neil. It's called Ireland First. All right, and it's a set of principles that put. Ireland and its people and not just the native Irish people but people that come here to make a life for themselves and contribute. I'm putting a movement together called Ireland First. All right, and the next time the vote goes out to the people, right, if right, our politicians don't support the Ireland First model, we don't give them the vote. We need to start taking care of our people first, right, before trying to fix the world. Okay, So right. final word. Keep an eye out for it. Thank you. Much obliged as always. Thank you, John. Thank you, Derek Bly. I see a lot of texts on this. It'll be the morning before I pick up on them. I know that there will be people who agree with them and disagree. And of course, I'll be caught in the middle of it. I see the criticism already. Uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. If you have a story to share, you can always email neil at redfm.ie. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.